Before we get into today's episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real, we wanted to make mention, because there has been such a big demand for this, we have new t-shirts available at itstherealcom slash shop, and the one that you guys asked us for the most are t-shirts with our AKAs on them, and Jeff, there's a lot of AKAs on them. We have so many AKAs, because we change it up every single time. 10 years of AKAs, never repeated an AKA, and now we have t-shirts that feature so many of them, including... Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Moving Bass, a.k.a. Jazz. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Alcoholism, a.k.a. Heartbreaker. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. About That Life, a.k.a. Mikey Likes It. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Pink in My Drink, a.k.a. Pepto-Bismol. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. The Math Tutor, a.k.a. You Don't Want No Problem. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Five Fingers of Death, a.k.a. Isotoner Gloves. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Trap or Die, a.k.a. The Oregon Trail. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Romus and Romulus, a.k.a. Latin Kings. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Coke and Mentos, a.k.a. Poppin bottle yo what up it's jeff aka buckshot shorty aka bambi yo what up it's eric aka petri dish aka for the culture yo what up it's jeff aka get these hands aka hammurabi code yo what up it's eric aka planting seeds aka hoe activities yo what up it's jeff aka titty boy aka t-shirt in the pool and so many more go to it's the slash shop right now cop an aka t-shirt we have tons of sizes and they're going fast now's the time to do it it's the real.com slash shop hey jeff hey eric how are you i'm pretty good how are you doing well thank you very very happy because this weekend we got to celebrate our great friends alex and shamira who just got married yes the bald god and the bald goddess now yeah although they've been married for like a little while but that's all right we're happy to celebrate them whenever they want they had a i guess it was a themed celebration for their wedding mm-hmm. it was uh and not not themed like a frat party theme no it was uh it wasn't like you know uh corporate hoes and ceos no. or tennis bitches and country club riches <laughs> or no this was a roaring 20s gatsby theme like show up in in a tux with tails and have a bowler hat and girls wear pearls and yeah feathers yeah, and this was a couple of newsies were there and and you know what we did show up black tie. We had nice tuxes. We did not go that extra mile. We didn't have canes or anything. No, we were we were black tux, no fucks. You That's know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so after the festivities, we decided to go out. We wanted to go see Jersey Jinx spin at this uh, this bar in the Lower East Side yeah, called the Mockingbird. Mockingbird. And so we <laughs> we <laughs> we pull up and we jump out. And you have to show your IDs to the bouncer. And he goes, are you guys coming from a funeral? Right. Well, we put the fun in funeral so, because we show up <laughs> with our shiny shoes. And I don't I just don't understand that. Like, do we look sad? No, I think that he um, has never been to a wedding <laughs> or a funeral. <laughs> apparently, or me. Does he just go to fancy funerals? I've never been to a funeral where it's like, you know what? Black tie affair. Yeah, I'm going all out. Yeah. I'm going to bring out the vest. Get your top hat. Yeah. Everyone's... No. Like, every funeral that I've been to has been suits, but it's never been... On a Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uniform and... It, I don't know. It's just it struck me as crazy because like maybe we look like we're coming from like the Kennedy Center Honors. Maybe it looks like we're coming from someone getting an award somewhere. We look like we came from a wedding. Right. That was that was what was nuts to me. I just did not understand it. 
So then we go downstairs. We have a nice time. We see Jinx. He's, he's you know, just doing a great job down there. Mm-hmm. At the end of the night, we go upstairs, and it's raining outside, and we're, we're waiting for our car to come pick us up. And the same bouncer doubles down to another bouncer and says, hey, where do you think they're coming from? And the other bouncer is like, a wedding. He's like, I love suits. He's like, these are great suits. You guys look great. You know what we should have told the first bouncer? We should have told him that, yes, we're coming from a funeral because we just killed the dance floor. Whew. Indict us. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Jersey Jinx. Shout, Shout out, out to, to the whole staff at the Mockingbird. You guys I, you seem know fun. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Alex Chichamaro, too, by the way, because he was on the podcast back in... Uh, I want to say January. January. Go check I'm, that episode I'm going to say January. It's a great episode. He talks about being in the record business. Uh, he talks about working at Disney World. He talks about just working for hot new hip-hop. And he's come up. And a lot of people, really, honestly, Jeff, were like, I'm sad I didn't know Alex Chichamaro before this episode. Are you? Were they like funeral sad? They were. They were funeral sad. Jeff. Yeah. On the podcast today. On the podcast today is Sylvan LeCue. Yeah. Formerly known as Quest. Yeah. The rapper, the artist, the performer, the former Tag Records oh signee. God. Was that what you were most excited to talk about? Yes. Although I guess he wasn't really signed to Tag Records. He no. Just like, he uh, just had a, a sort of relationship with them they gave him money yeah he, he did not sign if people don't know records. what tag records is which why should you i'm <laughs> like we're the only people that probably knows what this is it, it was a deodorant uh sponsored record label run by jermaine dupree jermaine dupree shout out to jermaine dupree, what, a, what who, a time jermaine dupree who hopped in your instagram live the other day he did shout out to jermaine we want to get him on the podcast um but this is a great episode sylvan's got a wonderful journey ups and downs and right now he's riding a really big wave shout out to streaming and spotify and people being able to find artists in different ways these days it's really it's really wonderful so yeah and he's a good dude he's Who a new he's a great he's a great dude and was really excited to come on the podcast because he's a listener so yeah if he's if he's listening right now maybe he's listening Shout out to Sylvan LeCue. Shout out to our guy, Amir Bessie, who came through. Shout out to Jonathan Benavente. <laughs> Shout out to Jonathan. He was he was, he was was here, too. And uh, I think everyone had a great time. We really enjoyed this episode. We know you guys will, too. Jeff, when do you want to get into it? Right after I apologize to Jonathan, because I think I just butchered his name. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, when do you want to get into this? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Sid from Toy Story, a.k.a. Blowing Six Figures. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Brazy Sunday, a.k.a. Six Lack Sabbath. Yo, what up? It's Sylvan McHugh, a.k.a. Don't Speak Unless Spoken To, a.k.a. What side of the pillow did you wake up on? Because you look fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this is a way to this the real. Sylvan, what's happening? I'm great, man. I'm here. You are, you are really here. Upper West Side, we saw you last night. You performed live in front of a sold-out crowd. I did. New York City. I did. A sold-out crowd. That happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm like... It's like slowly coming back to me because I'm getting like sober and sober <laughs> as the day goes by. And it's like, wow, that happened. No, that's a real thing, though. Yeah. Legitimate people bought tickets, sold out the place, and you were on stage to sort of lead them. Yeah, it was like, I mean, you always think about like, this is probably like my second sold out show, you know? So it's like, wow, <laughs> like people really paid money to like see me like put words together. Like, it's amazing this is insanity yeah yeah it's it's insane i've had so many shows in new york so that was just like poof, wow insane man so we're at your show last night and i needed to look up something about you and so i i, I searched for sylvan lequeux yeah on google and the first thing i came up was a wikipedia entry for quest <laughs> and so i start reading it and i'm like Jose Villanueva III, better known as Quest, is a Filipino singer, rapper, and songwriter known for his song Sig Lang in 2012, which is the theme song for the basketball team Gilas Pol- 
Pilipinas. Hmm. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so he's, he's Filipino? And then, like, at that moment, you were like, yeah, like, you know, um, I'm from Miami, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you started going into your story, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, get your Google fixed. Yeah. You know, fan, fan um, fiction, whatever. Blame the label. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you know. <laughs> but where else have you performed in New York? So the first time I ever performed in New York was like in 2011, mm-hmm. and it was with Mickey Fax. Wow. And I was opening up for him. By the way, shouts to Mickey Fax. He listens to the podcast. Yeah. Shouts to Mickey Fax. That's like my first like mentor. Um, and well, like rapper mentor. I guess like industry mentor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. He's one of the first. Um, but um, it was like SOBs, and I think he was doing. He had this mouse tape, um, and he was like. Uh, he was like, yo, do you want to open? And I was like, yeah, this is crazy. I've never been to New York and performed, you know what I mean? So, and then SOBs, you know, I watched. Legendary. Yeah, so I'm like, what? And then, you know, I've done a bunch of openings and, I've, you know, I've opened for everybody from Logic to like, whew, like, I think like there was a DMX concert at one point. Crazy. Yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah. I, mean, I think there was a DMX think, concert. Well, it's like, I, I, I think... I think I I think I opened for him. In, no, never mind. That was Miami. That was Miami. Never mind. That's a whole different. Did he thing. open for you? Nah. <laughs> that was an amazing. That's actually that was probably like one of the best concerts I never got to really witness because he didn't go on till three. Wow. And I remember my ex at the time was like, "Yo, man, I think I'm getting my period," and I was like, "Oh, this sucks!" And I had to leave at like two. It was like right there. Uh, this was like everything that culminated. It's that is such a distinct memory, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's because I wanted to see him so bad. It was like I opened for him. I was the first one on. There was like seven openers, so I like got to get my bars off and not get booed. And you know, because it's like a fresh crowd and yeah. everybody else got booed. It was like a really surreal experience. Now that I think about it because there was like a bunch of motorcycles and like old guys with like yeah rough, rough riders rider yeah, i was like yeah. what is this is crazy insane. by the way your, your your girl getting her period and dmx's bloodline records there's a joke there <laughs> yeah somewhere just well figure it out for like because i for can't the people figure out it out there yeah. leave a comment let us know what you think the joke is <laughs> that's but that's a real thing um where are you originally from miami florida where in miami florida i'm originally from miami gardens where is that it's like so there's two separate um i guess there's like two major counties that kind of um separate each other it's like Broward county and right. Bay county yeah. so there's like county line road and it's like it separates each counties and i lived right as you cross Broward. okay like the first city is like miami gardens you know or north miami yeah um which is a little bit further up but they're kind of like all like it's like Miami Gardens, North Miami Dade, and then you have like the rest of Miami. It's just so many sub cities. It's like it, it reminds me a lot of LA, where it's very big, but mm-hmm. at the same time has you can be in Compton or be in um, Port of Miami, yeah, right? Essentially. Right. Like, yeah. So you are then a SoundCloud <laughs> rapper. <laughs> I am definitely a SoundCloud rapper, a hundred percent. Yeah. Anybody from Florida? Yeah. Who's well, a rapper. Broward County. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is a SoundCloud rapper. Everybody. We invented it. It was the. Yeah, it <laughs> was. You're, now you're right. at the epicenter. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh. You have the most normal name out of all the SoundCloud rappers, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> I, so I did look up. 
uh, Sylvan, just to be like, you know, how popular is his name? It's a very unique name. Yeah. And 43 out of every, um, I think, million kids is named Sylvan. Really? Yeah. What? Or a thousand or something. I, I, no, no, million. You tell me. I don't know. It's million. Yeah. I looked it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a very rare name. I know that it's from Of the Forest. Yes. <laughs> it's Latin. Um, it is your given name. It is. Yeah. So why is your name uh, Sylvan? So my first name was supposed to be Aloysius. Yeah. So my, <laughs> funny enough, my dad's lawyer at the time named me, which is crazy, right? Yeah. Insane. So insane. But my grandmother was like, yeah, let's name him Aloysius when I was born. Is your father's name Aloysius? No. Is your lawyer's name Aloysius? No. Is his just... favorite artist Aloe Black? <laughs> <laughs> It was it was it was like the most like random story, and I was like, okay, so how did that not happen? Because right. I could have been like Al or Allo, totally. and this would have been like either really great or really like it would have been great for this interview, but yeah, yeah, very yeah. Much so you know what I mean. But like, I guess um, my dad's lawyer was in the the room. This is like I, I this, this, I'm telling you guys a story that I heard. And yeah. they're like, Yeah, well, you know, let's just call him Sylvan. You know, that's my son's name. And I became Sylvan and that was my name. You were named after somebody else's son because they didn't want to name you Aloysius. Literally. Do wow. you know other Sylvan? I do know another Sylvan. No, I mean do you know the lawyer's son Sylvan? Oh no, not really. Oh, okay. I, yeah. No, <laughs> no please, Eric. Not, you know. I'm pretty sure he's somewhere in like no, actually, wow. So he died. Oh, but um, oh. but I it, it wasn't like I you know knew the guy. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like died right. maybe like two years after, got into like a car crash. You know. Yeah. God bless his soul. But um, yeah, that's how I got my name. Do you have any other siblings? Um, yes, I have um two siblings. Older, younger, younger. One okay. is twenty two. Um, on my dad's side. Yeah. And then one is nineteen. 18 going on 19 on my mother's side. Are either of them named Aloysius? Not at all. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, my, the one who's 22, his name is Miles. Okay. Miles LeCue. And then on my mom's side, it's uh, his name is Breon Carter. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's like a whole thing, man. So uh, growing up, how long were you an only child for? I was an only child up until I would say 10. Wow. But technically, it's like... I wouldn't even say really because it was kind of it was kind of interesting. Like I, I was like, I think I moved in with my aunt when I was four years old. So me and my cousin at the time were like, you know, basically siblings. siblings. So right. we we lived there for like four years, and then by the time I was eight, we moved into our own little apartment. So I was technically like an only child for like a year, and then my mom got pregnant again, and it okay. was like okay, boom. So then I, around ten. It was, we had a one bedroom apartment in Miami Gardens and I used to sleep on a pullout couch in the living room um, when I was like 10. And my brother had, my, it was so, now that I think about it, I'm like pretty jealous because like my brother got like a race car bed, like literally <laughs> to like the left side of like my pullout bed. And I'm like, yo, I never got a freaking like <laughs> right. race car bed. People have to sit on my bed to like <laughs> yeah, watch yeah. And I have to put it up like immediately because people want to watch TV as soon as I get up in the morning. Right. You were the man Meanwhile, of the house. I was. Like what? Yeah. I had like all the responsibility. <laughs> and, and like my mom like so yeah it was like around 10 my, my mom had second child and so I basically I wasn't really a, a only child right. like that for a while. 
And what did your parents do for a living? So my mom was doing a bunch of jobs, actually. But it really kind of revolved around medical billing. Mm-hmm. Like, she just did, like, a lot of medical um, or um, or just, like, office jobs where she would be doing billing of any kind of sorts. And then my dad was really a hustler. He did everything from, like, stockbroke exchange to, like, selling cars to uh, starting businesses um, to selling drugs. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he was just, like, the you know the all-encompassed right every type of hustle you could think of my dad did he did it if it made money he he got on it smartest guy i know and what were you getting into as a as a young kid man so like i i was like just trying i mean you know normal shit you know i mean like ride bikes and sega genesis and everything but i i think like i picked up real quick that like i wasn't the best at Sega Genesis? Of, oh. Well, no, nah, I definitely wasn't. I <laughs> okay. used to get schooled by my mom. Oh, Funny weird. enough, right? My mom bought it. <laughs> well, my dad bought it. My dad bought it for me in 95. And I was like, whoa, oh my God, <laughs> this is Sega Genesis. This has like every game stored on it. Because, you know, like Sega Genesis has like 25 games, yep. you know, that are kind of like stock games. But, mm-hmm. you know, you play them out until you get enough money to like get like an actual game. But this is right when like PlayStation was coming in. So my dad bought it for me and my mom like drew a liking to it and just started like beating me a lot growing up i'm like realizing all of this by the way now like as i like go through it but um yeah I was do just, you still hold on to that like resentment i kind of do man i think that's where it started you yeah, know everyone's got a chip on their shoulder <laughs> like, what's yeah, up? Yeah, like, this is just yours I'm like this is mine like what like <laughs> there's just no room for like escaping I got yeah right she always one. got to be like the first controller you were second so you had to be tails for some yeah. reason yo legitimately i did because <laughs> i she was my mom and then on top of that she would beat me and then she would leave she'd be like yeah now clean this like you know living room. fold up your what bed a boss. Like, yeah and she yeah. would go in her room and just dip yo with all with all due respect to <laughs> with all with all due respect to rick ross she's the real boss of brower county like, yeah she really yeah. is man she was a she is um the strongest person i know but i was just you know a kid we had like you know water fights on good fridays and you know just but i realized early on that i wasn't like the best at certain things what were you good at i was good at writing I was really good at writing and I was good at storytelling. It was like something I really loved to do. How'd you find that out? Uh, I don't, I think I was, I think it was like fourth grade, fourth grade, before fourth grade, I was kind of like fiddling with rap when I was seven. I was like, you know, writing like, you know, things that didn't really make much sense. But in fourth grade, I'd started writing stories. I would write like, um, like these comics and um, I would draw them out and I would like, pass them around in my class and just you know be like yo read this you know maybe you like it and then i started this series in fourth grade called the indian i had the indian one the indian two and indian three and when i think back at it i'm like wow that just was not something that was maybe like culturally appropriate well what did the indian do um he like survived and that well, was like my thing it was like he was like alone and he was in a forest and there was just like mad shit that was popping up so it's like yo here's this like crazy tiger and like he's gotta like find a way to get the fuck away from this tiger and he would like jump into a fucking lake he was just always alone but he was just always like fighting shit it'd be like yo well, here's this like ridiculous bear that comes out of nowhere and you know like he's gotta escape that and by the way i don't hear anything wrong with this yeah, wait, this wait, isn't like which he's is ma- <laughs> mascot for like a college football team this is like a decent individual who's just trying to like 
you know, win over nature, right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah. Uh, what is the better trilogy, Coke Boys 1, 2, and 3, <laughs> or <laughs> Indian yeah. 1, 2, and 3? Definitely Coke Boys. Yeah, well, Coke Boys. Open uh, for discussion. Yeah, you know? I mean, you are in our apartment, so you better say Coke Boys. <laughs> Shouts to French Montana. Yeah. I'm saying, right? So those were well received by your classmates? Yeah, man. Like, um, it got to a point where like my teacher found out and she would like read them. And so I was writing and then I was well, she had to read them. them. <laughs> yeah, but she would read them out loud to the class. Oh, got it. And I was like, because I was just like doing it because it was a great I, I liked the idea of creating worlds or creating like, you know, um realities that I saw in my head. So I was just like, hey man, you know, you wanna you wanna read this and I got around to the class and then my teacher was like, What is this? And then she started reading, you know, thinking it was gonna be like some like crazy shit, like, Yeah, man, you know, and that's why I shot everybody, you know, all this other shit. Um, cause you know, we're badass kids. But she started reading it, then she pulled me to the side and was like, Hey, do you mind if I read this to like the class? And I was like, Yeah, I guess. That's awesome. And that's where it started, and then it kind of started getting crazy. Cause after that I would write more. And I think, like, I started getting into, like, writing about, like, my favorite artists and creating, like, hypothetical scenarios between my favorite artists and, like, creating whole stories behind them. So I remember, like, like there was, I don't even remember what it was called, but I filled up a whole composition book in, like, sixth grade or fifth grade with, like, this story of all of my favorite rappers, like, but as my bosses, so like there was like Ja Rule and like Fat Joe, mind you, I'm like 11. Right. So like right. Ja it was like Ja Rule, Fat Joe, Ashanti, basically at anybody in 2001 who was popping, they were in my book, and I like created this whole like mob thing where everybody was shooting everybody, and you know, you know I think like Charlie Baltimore, like, yo <laughs> Fat Joe, because it was just like yo you betrayed it, it was just like right. this whole thing. Was man. it everybody from Murder Inc? <laughs> Literally, because yeah. yeah. like, dude, Cadillac Top, Cadillac yeah. Top, Vita was in there. Yeah. Um, uh, Black Child was in there. Everybody, Irv Gotti. Yeah. Um, even like the producers were in there, man. Oh, like, like Seven, seven Aurelius. Aurelius. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. was in there. You know, because I had to like look up the credits. Anybody who was attached to those guys or did records with those guys, they were in. Wait, can you upload that to Instagram and then tag every single person? <laughs> That'd be amazing. And like get your cloud score like real high. That would be amazing. Yeah, actually, like, it is Throwback would... Thursday, by the way. So wow. I don't know if you can find a, a scanner <laughs> at this time of day, but you know, Dude, in New York, in New York. In yeah. New York somewhere. Yeah. Well, no, your your writings from grade <laughs> six. <laughs> I got in trouble for those writings. That's when they started like pulling me to like the office. Wait, like, why? So it was like, Matt, you know, I'm getting older, so like, you know, I'm starting to like, you know, get hormones and shit. So like, you know, there's like sex and violence and shit in it. Oh, in in the actual story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, okay. So the fan fiction took a yeah. Turn. It was like, oh wow, man, I'm attracted to women now. So what's this like? So let's get like all this crazy shit in it but I wait can we ground. play the instrumental to rain on me like behind this whole story sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a classic <laughs> but anyways um <laughs> i remember got around to my class and my class was like yeah man this is crazy are you gonna write another one and i'm like i don't know man. wait 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 so when the news came out like years <laughs> later that Irv Gotti and Ashanti had a real relationship where you were like, I knew it. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Dog, actually, like legit, I was just like, yo, man, like, like what the, but you know, man, it was, it, it was kind of like this, it, it was, it, I was kind of like close because for me, it was like, all right, well, Ashanti and Ja have it, you know, well, obviously. Right. right. Yeah. Like, I mean, their chemistry is so good. Yeah. So astounding. 
So it's well, mesmerizing. What was the what was the grease the grease video? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That was one of my faves. Yeah. And I had to I went through a really tough time around there because I had to like you know I had to accept that G Unit was coming and I and I loved it. Yeah, and I, and I had to accept it. Oh, it yeah, you're torn. Yeah, dog. That's a real thing. It was a hard time for me. Like yeah. I I stand and I got clowned for it. I remember getting called by the principal, and the principal was like, "I'm gonna send you to the guidance counselor." And I'm like, "Well, I think in my even back then I was like, well, why didn't I just go to the guidance counselor?" <laughs> so he sends me um, to the guidance counselor, and she's just asking me all these questions. And she's like, is everything okay at home? And, you know, are you all right? And, you know, like, what, what, what compel you to, you know, write something like this? And I'm like, damn, like, I just wanted that. Yeah, the left side of my brain. Yeah. yeah like, my what? mom keeps beating me at video games. <laughs> like, what do you want? Why are you taking everything? He's like, I can't win at video games. Like, So they thought you were a problem child because you were creative? Yeah, it's Florida, man, you know. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, actually, in Florida, it feels like anything goes. No, that's true. It, yeah. it is a very anything goes because there's so many cultures that come, like, together. Yeah. So it's like anything – there's no, like, real general consensus. It's just – wow it's just like every area has their predominant people but anything can happen because there's no set um like predominant culture it's just people come there yeah yeah crazy people come there and also yeah. old people and so when the confluence of those two things <laughs> happen true. Yeah. it's true yeah, yeah. This is what happens it's very true so like, what, wait what's your favorite florida man story man there was um the one with the bath salt where homie like ate his entire face yeah yeah that's that's your favorite <laughs> yeah it's my favorite one <laughs> it's a terrifying thing i mean you know that was like real life zombie <laughs> yeah stuff. we were i was in florida my mom came out <laughs> my, my mom was like did you hear about the man who ate the other man's face and i'm like what? <laughs> she's like and she turned on the news and it was a very real thing that's a real like, thing yeah. wow Okay. And you're like, I'm getting in trouble for my, you know, made up rap mob life like stories. You know what and I mean? And then the ASAP mob makes a song called Bath Salt. Yeah, come on. <sighs> With the Flatbush zombies. Come so, on. So so <laughs> who are you by the time you get to high school? Do you have like a good idea like how you're dressing, how you're like moving? Like who are you? Yeah, man. So, you know, middle school I start writing a lot. Like I'm writing a lot of raps, and I think like after you know the whole Murder Inc. thing, you know, I was just like, okay, it's time to retire from these stories and just really get into rap. I also got cut from the basketball team. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of factors in rap. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, by the time I got to high school, I was, I was like looking. I had I had experimented with recording right before I started um, high school with this random guy. Who was literally across the street from me? The Indian. <laughs> you like to record your entire life here. I just remember, like, we had a hurricane once, and this was like ninth grade, and I and he was just like, he came outside, and I came outside, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I make music," and I was like, "Wow, I write music." He's like, "You should record." And I was like, "Okay," and we recorded like four songs, and I remember I recorded over, "What more can I say?" Um get them high um never let me down and i think there was one other so when he says he makes music like he just uses (laughs) instrumentals instrumentals, right yeah well funny enough like he wanted me to use his instrumentals and because i guess he was producing on this program and i was like nah these are bad yeah but i have all these raps that i wrote to these beats and i would love to do to do this also this was like smack dvd time where it was getting really prominent so i was like all right well it's time and 
by the time that I kind of experimented and then by the time we got to ninth grade I was just like this kid who rapped and you know it was it, it was like an interesting thing I think by that time I knew exactly what I wanted to do I was like I'm gonna make music and I just need to find ways to keep doing that so I signed up for um, this recording program that they had that got shut down because everybody stole all the laptops. The school had a program. Florida yeah. man. Yeah. Florida man steals <laughs> all laptops from, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So we, um, Mr. Davis, uh, the teacher at the time, they had just started getting these uh, Apple laptops and that was the first class I ever took. And they are like, yeah, you're going to learn recording and learn, um, you know, putting together beats and stuff. I was like, all right, cool. And so they had a program you would sign in and you would schedule studio time. So you could record yourself after school. That's and awesome. you had like three hours, you know. So I was the only one going. Nobody else was going, you know, because nobody was really thinking about um, rap at that time, in my opinion. You're a ninth grader. Ninth grader. So I would just go first day of high school, came in, they did the whole thing, and then they opened the program two weeks later. So I um came in and i they had garage band set up and i would just come with i didn't know how to make beats or where to get beats from so i would just come in with instrumentals i would rap and i would spend all my time until like six o'clock write all my raps record them take them home be like what the fuck this is crazy why am i this is insane and then go home do my homework go to sleep and just do it all over again that's awesome yeah that Yo, was our high school what we have we had a planetarium. A planetarium. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually tight. I mean, I well, guess. Although you know? now they took away the planetarium and now it's a black box theater. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mm, Yeah. I would have rather had Garage Band of mine. So, you know. Yeah. They shut it down, though. By the time 10th grade came around, um, I started working with this guy named Will Notes, who, um, at the, at the, so at the time, just like 2005, right? So, yeah. Yeah, you had like Yay and a couple others, but this is Florida, so it's Cheesy, it's Wayne, and you know, T Pain, T Pain, mm-hmm. Lil John. But I was like super into like Nas and like Jay, and you know, this is a time where like things were transitioning, so I felt like, damn man, like everybody, everybody who was making beats at the time was making like, hey, was that it? I'm like, this is not what not I want to do. So yeah. I met this guy named Will Notes, who was introduced to me by this dude named Rudy. They're both seniors. And he was like, yo, you got to check out my man. He got crazy samples. And I'm like, all right, cool. Tell him to come to the program thing, you know. And he came by. And I remember he played me like three beats. I recorded to all three beats. And we became really good friends. And then 10th grade, they stole all the laptops. So they shut down the entire uh, program. Wait, Will Notes stole the? No. Nah, oh, okay. No, just, your dad did. Yeah, my yeah. dad did. Yeah. You know, he, he stole yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> It just sold them all. You yeah. Know? What was your rap name in ninth and tenth grade? Wow. It was it was Quest. Okay. It was Quest. How'd you spell it? Q capital Q under case U capital E S under case T. Wow. Yeah. And that's because Nas, because Nas had capital N lowercase A capital S. That's right. And mm-hmm. that was my favorite rapper. He still is one of my favorite rappers. Um. But 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 at that time he was like the end all be all for me. So I was like, well. I mean, I arrived at Quest pretty randomly, too, because I started as, like, Lil' Q, because, you know, Lil' Thing was happening, and Bow Wow was, like, a pretty, like, prominent figure for me. Wow, right. here's this 13-year-old selling out Madison Square Garden. What the fuck? Wait, what was Bow Wow doing in your fan fiction? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> he was the kid. <laughs> he was actually in my fan fiction, yeah, which of is funny he enough. Was, yeah. <laughs> like, he was, he was just the, the kid that, like, that got told, like, to stay out of it. 
He's like, yo, chill out, Bow Wow. Right. Like, yeah. Wow. Bow was he an avatar for you? <laughs> Low key, he was. Wow. I actually, I actually did like three talent shows performing Bow Wow songs in um, in elementary. Yeah, man, I did Puppy Love. I did Bounce with Me, and I did what's the song my with, name? Oh. I thought you were gonna be like some the ones with like Soldier Boy or whatever. Yeah. Oh man, I wish that would have been amazing. But um, so you were Quest. I was Quest. Yes. And you spelled it like that every time. Every time, yeah. and I made it sure. At first, it was obnoxious. I had like a question mark in front of the Q. I oh. was like just trying to like. I knew Quest was general, so early on, I was just like, man, I they gotta know like it's me. Yeah. You right. You know what I mean? So and not I, just a shortened Quest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, oh, Quest is like no. <laughs> it's. The, f- the letters, man. Yeah, like it's me. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking at the time. No, because like, like you can't be. You know, we'll give we'll give rappers a hard time if they're like problem or trouble or mm-hmm. like all these words that like if you search them you have to be like oh trouble rapper yeah or like problem rapper which is also weird but yeah. but like we can't you know play bo- both sides of the coin and be like well curtains that's silly like you can't spell your name with a million different like yeah. well, no, weird things because if you actually type in curtains as he spells it with the at sign and with the exclamation point. Yeah, you nothing find. comes up. No. <laughs> right? No. I, I would think you wouldn't find him? I have no idea. No. Google curtain. Somebody Google curtains right. for me. Let us know. Yeah. I mean. But but your quest, so you're performing live, you're recording. Is there an end goal in sight? Or are you just like, I'm in high school. Like, this is just what I do for fun. N- nah, I knew I wanted to be like, I wanted to be respected. I was just like, man, like, I want to, um, I, I, like, my heroes were like Jay, Nas, and like Big Pun, and I just really loved rap. I loved like the art of it. I loved the different stages. And I, the first rapper I, I was Nas, and then I just started emulating guys because I wanted to be just as good as them. And I just wanted to be like revered. I was like, man, like one day I want to be as well respected as these guys because I respect them so much because they're so good at what they do. What were you rapping about? I was rapping about, man, at first I was just, it was just like very very like overly deep stuff <laughs> that just didn't need to be deep but well, you're it, a high schooler yeah, yeah you yeah, know what i mean yeah. and like and you know just trying to like just trying to be like different versions of like my favorite rappers like sure. Nas was super deep so i was super deep and then jay was like super swagged out so i was like well you know what let me try this out and then pun was super lyrical so i just started emulating that and then i got to i think the last rapper that i was like super like blatantly emulating was lupe fiasco he Mm. was like my end all be all yeah and he came right around 2006 and i was like i'm not alone here's this guy who like looks like me you know what i mean who's a nerd and just like but is like super good and like can make songs like was it like the um did he make like an anime reference in the in uh, touch the sky or whatever right and then like Food and liquor, obviously. I mean, I was on him with Lupe the Jedi because mm. I was on super. I was super on Smack DVD stuff. Right. That was also an obsession oh, right. of mine. Lupin I was just, the Great. That's what it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he had like the. Um, I remember he was like you know the crack rapper and he had like pop pop and you know he was just so dope to me and I, I remember I remember getting on him because of Uncasa and I remember Uncasa <laughs> from T Rex and like I remember like Uncasa had like this interview on Smack he was like you're yeah, a real you know, New like, Yorker for a guy from South Florida well know? well also <laughs> well you're not that New York because if you were a real New Yorker you'd say Uncasa <laughs> you're right. 
<laughs> Instead of like putting on like the real like oh well you yeah. know yeah. in in lieu uh, Havana right yeah <laughs> we say un casa yeah. un casa un casa yeah you yeah. I was like I remember that battle so well because you know he's like you spit that on the radio and you know T Rex was my favorite at the time and you got to understand too a lot of dudes from New York were coming to Florida. Mm. Like, they were just starting to migrate. It was like this migrate yeah. thing. And then, you know, Dipset was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody had, like, bandanas and, like, fake, you know, square studded earrings. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, naturally, I gravitated towards that because I wasn't really into, like, the South at all. Like, I was just like, yeah, this is cool. But, like, yo, Dipset, diplomatic immunity, like, you know, Nas, like, this, that. Yo, Murder Mook got next, yo. And then, you know, the whole 2005, like, New York is going to be back with Saigon and Papoose and Jay Mills, like that. I was just yeah. like, yo, this is the second coming. <laughs> and so that was, I just wanted to be respected, man. All in all, I was like, I'm going to do this. And so when the studio started shutting down, um, I remember I was recording with, I remember I was still rocking with Will Nelson. We were just like, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, you know, my dad has like a bunch of old equipment because he used to be a musician. Maybe we can just try to f- work it out. And so I started going to his house after school. And it was dope because we didn't have a limit. So before, for the program, you'd have three hours. And it's like, I right, get out of here. So I'd get like my little honey bun and then go home. And then I was like, that's it. But I started leaving school. Um, I would do my homework, catch the bus walk a mile because you had to because his house was like we have these suburbs um or like these little um communities communities that you have to like have no sidewalks sometimes so you have to just walk the streets and get to like so i would just get off the bus i would get off school do my homework on the bus walk and we would just spend i think we spent like a whole year trying to figure out how to record like how to like record because we just didn't we had like this big machine that didn't have a computer so we would have to like stop and rewind it back manually and like and then create another channel like we were like doing it for we were just like yo whatever we gotta do and then we finally got a computer and we got cubase and then that's when it was on it was like all right let's just let's push it like and he was making beats i was rapping on other instrumentals i started rapping on some of his beats and we put together <laughs> this mixtape in 2006 called um, King of Miami. Mm. You know, going yeah, for the right. throne. Yeah. 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 Straight up. Shoot your shot. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, yo, Did your mom not? have any idea what you were doing after school? Yeah. I just told her, I was like, hey, mom, I'm going to go record. And she's like, all right. My mom has like very simple rules. She's just like, yo, are you not in jail? Um, are you not selling drugs? Um, are you going to graduate and is anybody pregnant? If those things aren't happening, then I really don't care what you do. Walk three miles, do whatever. Yeah. 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 And pick up the second controller and lose, you motherfucker. (laughs) Lose. Yeah. Lose. So, yeah. So, King of Miami. King of Miami, man. What did Rick Ross think about that? (laughs) Man, you know, I'm not entirely sure. It's funny that I look back at it now because back then I was just like, man, well, I want people to like this stuff, but I know I'm, like, super lyrical, so, like, maybe I should just, like, try to, like, bend a little bit, and so the King of Miami thing was just, like, well, you know, I'm in Miami, and 
we should figure this out and you know maybe it'll kind of spark something and maybe it'll spark the conversation yeah what did wayne call himself he was you know he best, best rapper, rapper alive, alive so yeah. it was very like yo just what are you well i'm the king of miami and by the way everyone yet. laughed at wayne at that at the time and then he was just like oh no i'm really going to take this over and he did he did well yeah. how many people laughed at you oh man the entire and it was funny because we had like these <laughs> fake beefs with <laughs> ah, this is crazy so we had these fake beefs and i remember like my first like click was just like real ill and we had like real ill records and i like created Chats and Oz. you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah yeah, real, yeah, yeah that yeah. Yo, was funny enough we had his like every summer was real ill and that was like our tag and i was really like a Nas head and <laughs> we were just running around and i remember i had this kid named jay black who was like an immigrant and then you know but also became a boxer but he could rap and he was like the first guy i battled so we battled each other and we went back and forth and he was like yo man i'm gonna rock with you and this is like you know 2006 this is all happening in one year and then there was this other kid named ghost who was like a white rapper but he was also super dope so i would rock with him too <laughs> by the way of course his name is yeah, ghost. yeah he was name was actually larry the ghost his name was larry, his name was larry. oh it wasn't just a clever name yeah. no yeah. not at all <laughs> Yo, shout out to Larry. That's my dude. We used to get a lot of ice. By the way, I trust that all this is true, but like, even if this is all like still fan fiction and you're creating it, it's great. Yeah. I'm on board. This I'm on board. is 100% true. Are you looking around like it's like... Um, yeah, usual suspects. Yeah, you're just like, and, and yeah. Larry the Ghost, right? Yeah. yeah. Larry the Ghost, man. And I, I knew him from like um, elementary and he was just super dope with like punchlines. And then we actually had another kid named punchline kid <laughs> his name was the punchline kid i'm not making this up i promise yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like the punchline kid his wait, real name wait, was junior are there any punchlines that you remember um yeah i actually remember one is first because we we both rapped on who shot you and i was it's funny because i was just thinking like yo jay's gonna be like the guy who's like gets at anybody larry's gonna be the secret weapon and punchline kid is just gonna be like my boy <laughs> banks and yeah i remember he was like i'm a motherfucking I don't remember the shit. Actually, I don't. Um, my my top, um, let off like a fire shell or some shit. Damn, I can't remember his verses. But he was just tall and big and Haitian, and he was intimidating. And he was like the leader of a gang called like the Sunshine Boys, because there was a there was an area <laughs> in Sun in um in South Florida and Broward called Sunshine because. <laughs> <laughs> there was sunshine elementary so they would like it was just a thing man and i was like yo we gonna all like we're just gonna you know we're gonna rap and we're gonna start cyphers and like lunch and we're just gonna be real ill you know what i mean and they would all come through and we would just rap and we would you know kick in and we were like you know freshman sophomore and the seniors they had like these other guys who were super dope like there's a kid named tragedy and he was like the prophet he would like only rap once in a while but when he rapped he rapped so good that people would be like yeah he was like your andre 3000 yeah. he was <laughs> and he looked like he was just he just looked like he was troubled and the rapper yeah no trouble the rapper yeah, yeah. basically yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. entirely like him yeah. he was a problem yeah the rapper the rapper he was, yeah. a, he was troubled and he was a problem <laughs> mm -hmm. and he he was just be like yo it's tragedy and there was this other guy named um mustafa and they had like this whole thing and um they were like the best battle rappers and we were just trying to compete with them it was like all right man well yo we're gonna start our own stuff and then you know we gonna make so much noise that they're gonna have to come and see us and they did have to come see us and when they did I was the leader of the pack, and 
I remember the dude who was like the top rapper at the time was um in the school was Tone and Mustafa and I battled both of them outside and I was winning but then they took it into a hall and they brought like all of their like East Coast dudes and then I was alone and they my switched boy. the location on you yeah man it was like trash and then what's funny though is like my other boy um who wasn't a part of my clique but he was starting his other clique too and he was super dope his name was Dialect but with a CK and he's actually probably one of the best rappers I know still um but his name's also Sylvan and he was like one year like that's um, weird. older than me I'm not I can't make this up but he was there and he was like on my side and he was just like witnessing me getting my ass beat because I was so naive to the fact that we we're going into a different location so that they could whoop my ass and say like yeah we whooped his ass and he was just like nah nah it ain't going down like that man you know saying I'll come in here and battle right now and I was legit you know what I mean like it was like my that cop. Sylvan like stood, uh, stood up for you yeah man and that, Sylvan stick, stick together, together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they stick together yeah. man yeah and that'd be heartbreaking if he was like, nah, fuck you. Like, I'm, <laughs> He's like, nah, I'm, I'm the real Sylvan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so, you don't get to keep your name. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. You know what I mean? Actually, I sort of wish that his name was the real Sylvan. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a direct shot yeah. at you. You have to be Sylvan 1. Yeah. What's, Sylvan 2. Yeah. What's, Second controller. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, like 106 in Park at the time and be like, yo, oh. I'm, I'm going to get on Freestyle Friday? Nah, I didn't want to get on Freestyle oh. Friday. But we knew, like, that's where it was at. And that's why we, you know, that's why we did what we did. Like, you know, even with, like, that dude, Sylvan, the other Sylvan. Yeah. He, like, the real the Sylvan. Real Sylvan yeah. The real Sylvan. <laughs> he had his whole clique. It was, like, Golden Mikes, and it was him, Dre John, and, like, a few other guys. Sorry. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, what, what was your crew again? Ill, real Ill. Ill. Real Ill. Uh, Golden Mikes. Golden Mikes. And the Sunshine Boys. And the Sunshine this Boys. This is like some Wild Wild West shit. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the truth, man. Yeah, everybody's like walking in the middle of the street because yeah. there are no sidewalks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. <gasps> it's the Sunshine Boys. Yeah, watch it's out. It's the Sunshine Boys guy. <laughs> Run. And, and they were just like. But they would mob so deep. They'd come with like 100 people and it'd be like, why? It's such a gangster name, though. It's just like the Sunshine Boys. <laughs> it's like. But yeah, they're the hardest. They're the They were the hardest. Yeah. They would be like just mobbing everywhere. Like if, you know, it was it was like a thing. So and you're you're rapping during your high school years. Do you have a job? Yeah. What definitely. was your job? I was um killing motherfuckers yeah, on the mic. Yeah, yeah, on the yeah, mic, yeah, you know, yeah. eating MCs <laughs> for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. It's a full time job. Yeah. Like what the hell, man? Yeah. Nah, man. And uh, I, and folding up the sofa bed. Right. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So we actually graduated. Um I got my own room around that time. Congratulations. Thank you. It wasn't really my own room. It was just like I had a bed and my brother had the other side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it was still my door. You know what I mean? And that meant a lot to me. So, as a man with hormones, literally. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like just privacy so I can figure out what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Cinemax, you know? Um, So, I think like around around 2016 i was doing these things i mean 2006 i was doing these things and um i started working at outback steakhouse as a busboy my boy jay black who was part of my crew yeah uh, was like one year older than me and he was like already paying rent yeah so he was like yo i got you a job and i was like all right and he's like yo just come to outback steakhouse after school and you know we'll set it all up so i come to outback steakhouse and i kid you not there's this tall like black dude eating a steak and he's like, and Jay Black takes me there. And he's like, yeah, man, yo, so I'm going to take you to meet my man, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And he's like, yo, I'm going to take you to be my man Sam. You know, he's, he's going to put you down and everything's going to be good. And so I go there and Sam, Sam's like literally eating a steak yeah. and standing up like at the bar. <laughs> and I go up to Boss. him and I go to like shake his hand. He doesn't shake my hand. Cool. He's like, oh, this is the guy that you um bring, bring it through? I was like, yeah. And he's like, how old are you? 16. He's like, all right. So you're going to train him. You know what I mean? We're going to get, you know what I'm saying? You get him a meal. You get one meal if you open. You got to eat it within 10 minutes. You know what I mean? And we'll start you up. We'll get you like three days. See if you do good. You do good. We'll put you on the clock. This was your interview? Literally. It wasn't even an interview. It was just like, <laughs> it, was, it was like, all right, cool. He's like, all right, I'll see you on Friday. How did it feel to meet the king of Miami? <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Sam, man. I hope he's doing good. Can you? Is it possible to eat too many blooming onions? Don't ever eat a blooming onion. Uh, oh, that's shit. the rule. What? That was the rule, dog. And that's the in-house rule, or don't, something you learn? No, Only that's because the in-house you can't rule. Save for it for ten minutes. Oh yeah, it's the worst thing to ever eat. It's oh. literally a that we have. We had a rule: don't eat the blooming onion. Don't friends don't let friends eat the blooming onion. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, you. You literally had trays of onions. You would take it, there'd be like, and this was like when everybody was getting paid under the table, you know what I'm saying? So like, we would take the blooming onions and like, we would dip them in this like batter or whatever. Right. And then we, they just put it in their like grease. Yeah. And then take it out. And it was just like, yo, you don't, it, <laughs> and it was also like the breadboards, we never like, we gave them to like the customers, but like if our friends came in, he was like, "Nah, I don't get my breadboard." So, w what did you eat there? What was your one meal a week? Or um, we ha we used to eat like the kids' burgers because it'd be like a uh, we I would open like at three thirty, school would get out at two thirty, so I'd come to Outback Steakhouse, open, they give me a little burger, and then that's when I started eating fast because it was like, well, you got to eat and then you know get back on the floor. Yeah. Um, so I'd get like a kids' burger, or, like kids chicken tenders, three tenders and some fries. And then we just go from there. And I just started working there. And the dope thing about it was, like, they gave you tips at the end of the night. So you'd walk away with, like, 25, 30. Or you got to share your tips with everyone? or Yeah, you have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you still got, like, on, like, good nights. Like, I would work Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And I'd walk away with, like, $200. That's, those are busy nights. Yeah. So it was, like, cool. But it was also, like, we'd be there till, like, 2 in the morning. Just, But it was always, it was always fun because... Yeah. You know, it was, we were just kids. Like it was me, Jay Black, and then this other kid, another guy named Sam, and we would just rap and bust tables and like, you know, BS around and steal ice cream and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like we, I remember like we used to Sam used to like count the money at the end and <laughs> we would just like steal a bunch of stuff while he's counting money and dip. And what do was, you what do you spend that money on in high school? Like or that that age range? So I was helping my I was giving my mom some bread. And then I was buying, um, I was, I don't really know what I was spending my food. Yeah. Food, the food that you were stealing. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I was basically giving them my money <laughs> and bus tickets. And I think like, I would spend it on like, what I really was spending it on was like, um, recording sometimes like we would like, we had in-house recording, but like if we ever needed something, we would do that. And then maybe like clothes every once in a while yeah but i think the major thing i probably spent my bread on was cds because yeah. at the time we had to press stuff up 
So I would oh your just, own CDs yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so we would make, I was like I bought CDs in high school too I'm with you and no yeah actually yeah that too yeah. actually yeah. I would you know skip school and you know cop CDs and also like we had we had to do the production so it's like all right well you know you need three hundred dollars for five hundred CDs so it's like all right well cool so I would bust tables stash it away you know and then we would go and get the production we'd go grab the CDs and I just either would sell them for a dollar I just pass them out. Um, so King of Miami is now out. It's out. Um, where does that take you? Um, the school starts talking about me a lot more. Um, <clears throat> and it only really lives in the school. I pressed up like 200 copies. Um, and I just passed them around. And then my boy, Will Notes, who I was working with at the time, takes it to his dad. His dad takes it to another guy who is like yo man like he's got some connections he knows like the heavy hitters and he knows um you know in miami and he mm-hmm. knows um and you know you know he like he used to bodyguard and he's got relationships with swiss and you know what i mean like so you know i think he wants to manage you and let's you know he'll take you to the top so i'm like shit all right let's do it you know this is my chance yeah and we meet <laughs> i meet with him his partner and he meets me and my mom and at Outback Steakhouse and was Sam there <laughs> Sam was there and Sam was like I told Sam like hey man I'm coming in you know what I'm saying I think these guys might manage me and you know they could help me get a record deal and he was like alright cool I'll no. give him the good table yeah, yeah. he's like alright we'll take care of you and so he takes care of us um, shouts to Sam and they you know gas us up and they're like yo your son's very talented we really like him a lot you know I'm gonna be very honest with you like you know I have a lot of relationships because of what I've done and you know blah 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 you know fluffs it up end of the day it doesn't end up happening my mom's like nah you're not getting into this this is like five years and I was pissed you know yeah, what I mean yeah, so yeah. I'm like I don't care if it's five years let's just do it right this is my chance this is it this is it yeah yeah and you know the contract was like whack yeah it was terrible so we didn't we but didn't. at the time you don't understand that Not you're at just all. like yo these guys are my like my pathway to success right here yeah, yeah. it's like yo you're blocking my dreams right. mom and right. my mom is just like nah you know and i like lashed out i think that that was like the beginning of like me and my mom like having issues and just like going back and forth it was like you know and also i was like 16 so you right. know, it yeah. was going to happen regardless you know but that was definitely the start of so like, wasn't losing at video games nah not at all <laughs> okay video but game, maybe I think it may. I think maybe like it was the spark. It was like the like. You don't have to make me feel good about my <laughs> my therapy here. I'm like, oh, maybe that was the start. And you're like, uh, no, but uh, you don't know what it was like. It, it, I'd say like video games was kind of cool because I liked the fact that my mom, like deep down, like she played with me. So it was like, oh, you know what, this is cool. Mm-hmm. But like for real, like the like the when the shit started hitting the fan was like when that contract against right. So how'd you move forward? I mean I kept doing the same shit. I was just going to the studio recording and we I believe this is two thousand ten. So I'm still working I mean two thousand ten, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Two thousand seven and I'm a junior in high school. I'm recording a lot more and I discover that piff. Mm. And that piff becomes this thing and I'm like, holy shit! I can just upload this shit, and people will just like it. And well, that's not or, how it works. Yeah. Well, that's in my <laughs> or mind, like, yeah. or at yeah. least hear it, yeah. you know. And I'm like, well, at least like I can. This is a whole new pathway to like different people, you know. In the process of like after King of Miami or whatnot, I started this shit called Rhyme for Thought, and that was like one of like my 
that was when I was like, okay, yeah, let's let's get it going. Like we can just put out tapes and we'll just get cracking. And so I meet my barber at the time, um, and he's like a dude who just came from Jersey, and he becomes like a super major supporter. And he's like, I'm gonna play your music in the shop every day, and you getting free cuts, and we gonna yo, you just keep doing you. And I'm like, all right, cool. So that's awesome. Yeah, man, that's like my my G. So he's, I'm like, all right, cool. So he ha- he has my support. He's like playing the music for like customers coming in and stuff. I'm like using that piff more. So we're like dropping more material. And then that all kind of culminates into survival of the freshest. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this is all I really wanted to talk about. <laughs> okay. So survival of the freshest for people who don't know was a reality show competition it was on what channel um so i don't know if it was a it might have been a channel actually i don't know what channel it was but i just remember there was like a lot of noise because it was by jermaine dupree mm-hmm. and he started tag records right from tag body spray yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and he like his first artist was like cute the kid Right, and they had like these commercials where it's like I am him. So I was like, <laughs> so I was. I mean, I saw it. And I was just like, all right, I guess this is what Jermaine's doing now. I didn't, I didn't really care. I was just like, whatever. It's on TV. You see the commercial over and over and over. It's cool. Whatever. <laughs> um, I would. I just did. I. Did, I promise, I wasn't thinking about it. But um, wait, but Queen Latifah was also involved, right? N- I don't. No, I'm gonna look it up. Not at all. I think it was like it was definitely him. I know that, but she might have been. She might have been a silent talking. investor. Yeah. So I don't know. okay, so you know, you know Jermaine Dupri, you know Tag Records. I do. And Survival of the Freshest is. How did they find you? So at this point, you know, I'm dropping my stuff, and that's what I'm consumed with. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just gonna keep dropping stuff. You know, I mean, people don't hear me, whatever. And so I was living on my own at the time i had i was like 17 me and my mom had like fell out 17 going on 18 and you know she kicked me out and it was like all right cool well i'm gonna stay on my own so i'm staying with like some co-workers at from outback steakhouse and i meet up with my boy my boy jonathan i meet up with him god bless his heart he's uh passed away but um he picks me up um because he used to live across the street from where i recently moved to and he was rapping as well and he had equipment as well so i would go over there and do songs with him and then one time one day i went over with him and he was like yo man they having this survival of the freshest competition this sunday man you should go to miami and just kill it dog and i'm like i'm gonna fucking survival fuck out of here i'm not doing that <laughs> shit he was like yo i'm just saying man you go and do it i'm like whatever all right so sunday comes i'm having a terrible day i like lost a lot of money i bought some groceries that weren't that good uh i think like i lost my job around that time and i was painting my room blue and it was a bad blue too it wasn't even like you know it was a sad blue it was like the shiny blue so it was like just really (laughs) awkward it was just like why is my room like this? like candy paint yeah i was it was stupid did you figure that out like after you painted it yeah i was like this is terrible (laughs) (laughs) and i was like why didn't anybody advise me i was like 17 they probably just like yeah we'll give him this super glossy paint (laughs) we're gonna upsell him for like 70 dollars (laughs) again and so i'm painting my room i paint on my hoodie and my bar my um my barber calls me and he's like yo yo q you where you at i'm like yo man i'm painting my room and he's like yo man stop all that so we gonna go out there to miami 
And I'm like, yo, man, like, I'm not going to Miami for the survival of the freshest thing. I'm just not doing it. He's like, yo, fuck that. We out. I'm sending my sister to get you. So his sister comes and gets me and drops me to the barber shop. My barber closes the shop early, you know, gets his gun, bottle Hennessy and his weed, lights up. He's like, yo, we out. We speed over because we're late. And I'm just like, yo, man, are we really about to do this? He's like, yo, cue you, man. Like, we just going to go out here. We going to see what's up. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, man. So he didn't have any money on you, right? No money on This me. was just like, he, he believed in <laughs> he you. He believed in me. He was just like, yo, you the greatest. He told me that from the beginning. And Wait, I was, he bought his that. gun? He bought his gun, man. He's from Jerry's, man. It's yeah. survival <laughs> of the <laughs> freshest. Right. And by the way, I looked it up. It was not a TV thing. So there was it was a tour. He would go around the country and it was like a freestyle competition like on tour. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the first one he did was New York City. And it was with like Homeboy Sandman, who I was a big fan of at the yeah. time because you know very lyrical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was all on that right. So it's like Philip Orge, Philip Orge head. I'm just like, oh, this is, this is Homeboy Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. He's just gonna. So I was like, all right, you know what? Maybe I might try it out. But um, so we go out there. My barber just takes me. He's just like, yo, we out, man. And he just believed from the beginning. He he always used to like take me to open mics when I was really really um, releasing music. He would take me to poetry lounges, and I became like a poet at one point because that was the only avenue we had it to like get our raps off. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. He believed from the beginning. He would like whenever I saw him, he would give me free cuts. He would put money in my pocket, put food on my like. He was always there to be a support system, and so um. We go out there. I'm like number forty five. So you, don't, you, they only accept sixty MCs. So we get there, get in line. I'm number forty five, and, and your man's got his forty five. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yo, was you number forty five? And I got my yeah. forty five. So we get there, and like, and um, I remember having pain on my like on my clothes and everything and like everybody's just done up you know it's like 2007 2008 yeah, yeah. so everybody's got like chains and like business oh. cards and you know girls yeah. and stuff and i'm just like oh man all right well i guess we're gonna figure out what happens here so they give us the rules and dj Irie and a couple other guys up there and they're like yo guys so here are the rules you rap for 60 seconds you know what I mean? You get your bars off. Keep it. You know, this is a community event, and don't curse. You curse, you eliminate it. Mm. So my G. One hundred six in Park rules, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So my barber was just like, "Oh, Q, you, you got this." And I'm like, <laughs> "All right, man, we gonna see." So we're just, we're just around. We're just like walking around, and everybody's just exchanging numbers and stuff, and like everybody's going on, and you know, there's a couple guys that are pretty dope, and you know, there's a bunch of guys who are getting eliminated and stuff. So. I go on, um, I get, and they, they, and I do great. They have like this thermometer or whatever that gauges your sound. And so I got one of the highest sound, um, highest, uh, yeah, audience applause, yeah. applause yeah. or whatever, my jiggers. I make it to the semifinals and then I make it to the finals. And so the finals is like, all right, so this is it. It's me and this other kid. Now, this other kid was like dope. Like he was super dope. Like I, at that time, he was nicer than me. In my opinion, I was like, yo, this is this guy's nice. Yeah. But what made me win was simply the fact that, that your man had a gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he yeah, <laughs> pulled him to the side off. and said, Yeah, we get this far right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to come this far. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is like he actually only spent half his time. So that might be like a real thing. <laughs> but um he gets on the only thing that I feel like the reason why I won was because he um it wasn't like his type of beat. You know what I mean? I could tell like that wasn't his like 
that that wasn't normally what he does and yeah. it was like a double time thing and i was just ready for that because i was just rapping on anything at that time and i had the verse that i was going to rap for that beat because i knew they were going to ask me to rap on it and so i just get on and i black out and they're like yo quest wins and my barber is drunk and he's just like yeah you you i told you i told you someone i'm like what the fuck is going on and they give me a five thousand dollar check whoa i'm like what the fuck is happening right now and like, you weren't even supposed to be there that day i wasn't even supposed to be there and you get crowned the king of miami i get crowned the yeah. king of miami yeah. and the Somewhere freshest sam of the is yeah. like furious yeah <laughs> wait so so what does this mean for you besides like money in your pocket so wait, was it a big check it was like one of those big checks what's funny is we 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 were like taking pictures and everything they gave me an interview and they were like all right you're the one who won in miami so there's 11 other finalists from different cities and you know jermaine dupree is going to go over every single one and he's going to pick one and then from there you'll get a demo deal um and you get to record with him and then you'll be able to possibly get a record deal as okay so deaf so wait well, so when you get the big check yeah yeah they give exactly. you a tiny check too right nah so i get the big check and this random big dude i'm like about to walk out with you. he's like yo you know that's just like props right let me get that real quick you know what I'm saying they gonna send you the real check and you know later on I'm like so all right, you, cool. you don't get to take the big check back in the car nah <laughs> not at all man they just took you back and I didn't get the check until two or three months later two or three months yeah they sent it to my um <clears throat> they sent it to my address so I was just like okay I won this this was cool and I there's a couple connections I made but you still got to go back to work. Yeah. And actually, you don't get to keep the big check. I that's, don't keep the big check. That's very frustrating. Actually, I moved back in with my mom. And that was that. It was like, okay. You went from the high of winning this competition. And they're talking about you signing to So So Deaf. Yeah. To knocking on your mom's door and saying, I'm back. Yeah. yeah. Back in your So So Bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Um, or, or is it Sofa Sofa Deaf? Yeah. <laughs> It's what happened, man. It was like, yo, you don't have any money. You don't have a job. You need to go home. So I was like, all right. Well, I told my roommates. I'm like, hey, guys, I can't afford this. And it's funny because it was like only 300 a month. But it's like, hey, I can't afford this. And I'm like, yeah, we understand, man. So, and just let's let's paint the picture. Uh, you graduated high school at this point? Mm, mm, I was about to. Okay, about to graduate high school. Yeah. Are you planning to go to college? I was planning to go to college. So at this point, I was about to graduate um i i think actually no i think i did graduate um and i was gonna go to college i did a semester not semester i did a yeah i did a semester at um the Brock community college didn't work out i was just like oh i'm not gonna spend this money on the marketing yeah you know i'm just like and eh, this doesn't make a lot of sense i already got a pay rent i'm not about to do this so where'd you go so i went back to my mother's and i remember <clears throat> the craziest thing happened. <clears throat> so that piff, I put maybe like three tapes on there. And I was just like, oh, this is getting old, man. I don't really know. Like, you know, I, like unless I like buy this like exclusive thing that they have, like where you get, get promoted around the site, like this isn't going to really do anything for me. So I was in a down period. But then this random guy that I met at so at the, the So So Deaf thing was like, um, he, he like AOL chatted me. Um or instant messenger and he was like yo yo man like i think you should really like start looking at like ill roots and i'm like what the fuck is ill roots and he's like yo it's this blog man and like this kid named mike wax runs it and yo 
they have like a whole community of dudes who just like listen to like real music and i'm like all right whatever so i go to ill roots and it blows my fucking mind i'm just like who the fuck are all these people and i like and then he's just like yeah go to nah right man and you know two dope boys and you know like i'm like what the fuck drake raps because i was a degrassi fan but i wasn't like you knew him before you knew him just from yeah wheelchair jimmy yeah because we had noggin and um i was just like damn why is aubrey rapping like this is crazy like why does he's raps like and at first i was like oh wow this guy's really good like and that's how i started discovering like you know so i was just downloading tapes and stuff and just being like getting consumed in that world because it was like fascinating to me yeah that all these guys that were kind of like me were like creating audiences for themselves so he hits me on aim and he's just like yo man i know mike wax man like i'm gonna put you in touch with him and i'm gonna send him some of your songs and so he sends it to mike wax and mike wax is like yo this guy's dope and mike wax hits me up and he's like yo you're dope man let's do a mixtape together because mike wax at the time was doing like a shit ton of mixtapes yeah. yeah and so we do where's my rhyme book i put it together in like two weeks and we promote it and he puts it out and he's like yo man check out this new rapper i found from miami florida his name's quest man you guys should check it out it gets like five six hundred downloads and that's the most i'd ever done and people are like commenting and being like yo i love this song and i love this i love this how and much are you refreshing that page yo yeah. every day i stayed yeah. on there till yeah. like 4 a.m yeah and they're like had my myspace link up at at the time and i was just like what the f- this is crazy and i became addicted i was like all right let's did it so every every good comment is the best thing in the world and, and any any negative one is like stabbing you in your heart literally man like literally but i didn't care i was just like dog like people can hear my shit let's get it and so but this 2009 and now I'm, I'm like all right cool like i finally get the check and i get another job and my mom me and my mom were kind of on okay terms and i move in with my cousin and i'm just like releasing shit and i start emailing every blog ever like <laughs> two dope boys on smash exclusive zone.net the whole nmc cartel yeah, yeah i'm just like hey guys my name's Sylvan the i mean my name's quest um here are a couple of my songs that i would just like for you guys to check out two dope boys shake responds immediately mm-hmm. and he's just like yo man you're dope i'm gonna post you and i'm like yo that's ill and people are hitting me up like yo how did you get and i'm like i don't know i just emailed them like yeah so yeah. i i see cole and this whole double xl freshman thing is happening and like Corey guns and like asher roth and mickey fax and kid cuddy and i'm just like what the fuck is happening i'm from miami nobody knows about this shit so i'm like what the fuck is this shit this is crazy so i'm just i'm just like yo i want to be like these guys i gotta get in i gotta get in like there's gotta be a way for me to get in this shit so i'm just dropping freestyle 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 three five freestyles a week of fucking make like mixtape after mixtape and um that was my hustle all of 2009 i saw what drake did and you know drake for us was like yo he's one of us like he's just a kid who wasn't supposed to be like great and got in and he's and like it was like a dream and the way he explained the way he explained shit was such a dream and i think that's why we resonated because it was a dream for us too it was like fuck like he made it in and this is what it feels like you know what i mean so you know that's just what i wanted and 2009 was like just a whole bunch of emailing and trying to release a bunch of stuff so you're, you're still down in Miami. Do you yeah. feel like this big separation from New York, from L.A. and from Atlanta? Not really. I didn't understand it. I was just like, people can hear my stuff. 
and that that's all I cared about and I wasn't really thinking about anything else I thought man if he, if my stuff was popular enough then that would happen I would just someone will find something you. Yeah. I didn't really understand like geographical relevancy or you needing to be like show face and meet people and stuff did you did you cold email any artists um no I I wish it, it was really just blogs yeah. I didn't I didn't really know how to I, I think I just understood earlier on that like hey man I'm not gonna get a Mickey Fax verse or a Charles Hamilton verse like I was just like these guys are already there but you know maybe if I can get my weight up you know what I mean they can respect me down the line mm-hmm. and that's all I, that, that for me that was just it because I was like what am I gonna do like how am I gonna I mean there were certain artists that I started working with that were kind of on my level um, like XV was like one of the first artists that really like yeah. was like yo I, I mess with you crazy yeah man I was around the time where he was dropping um, the first tape that really popped with him in 2009 I can't remember but right. um, uh, everybody's nobody yeah everybody's somebody everybody's nobody nobody is somebody yeah um, so him this kid named Pressure with two Z's oh yeah that's uh, yeah. you know who that yeah. is okay so that's Elliot Wilson's Brother. Uh, brother wow yeah mm-hmm. so pressure who was, by the way yeah was, who in, was our in our some of our videos yeah, yeah. wow yeah. yeah shout out to steven wilson yeah yo shouts to pressure man yeah. he was he was we did a couple records together um i did a record with donnie goins yeah mm-hmm. totally um, harlem yeah man um i did a record with ro ransom we saw him we saw last, last night. night yeah back when he was nero and that's like one of my best friends oh Il Roots. Il Roots, also, right, yeah yeah 100 yeah and el roots so like but you then, understand like no but like we, we, you were at Mercury Lounge last night. Yeah, and Ro Ransom just walked down house and said, "What's up to us?" That's crazy. Yeah. Last night, I didn't even get to see him, but I definitely told. I bought him a ticket because I know how he gets. He'll be like, "Yo, man, like I forgot." So I'm like, "Nah, you ain't gonna forget this time." So yeah. just come through. And my boy Treason as well, who um was also he was from Cleveland, but he was making a lot of rounds out here as well. And so, just doing that, man, and you know. When I made on Smash, I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then when I made Nah Right, I was like, "Oh shit, let's go!" Yeah, it's on. Like it was just like because I think definitely Nah was over there too. It was just totally yeah. It was it was a crazy time, man. Do labels start reaching out to you? No, I started working with this guy named Kevin Fairbanks. Okay, he was he did a lot of freelancing. Um, I think he did like a lot of freelance for all hip hop mm-hmm. and a couple articles. Um. And no labels are really reaching out, but there's only one label that ends up like really reaching out and it's Atlantic. And it's not really an A&R at the time. It's an A&R assistant, I believe. And her name is Amanda Berkowitz. So Amanda Berkowitz, who became later an A&R at Atlantic and then at Epic and then kind of deviated and started doing managing, mm-hmm. was like, yo, just heard of Sylvan. Um, think his stuff is really cool you know would like to bring him out to new york for a meeting and i'm in miami at this time i was living on my own 2011 i'm like maybe a janitor at this time best job ever um best job ever best job ever they gave me a cart they gave you know they didn't boss me around they gave me my assignments how many blooming onions do you get yo (laughs) wait as as uh, two guys who uh, used to do a lot of mopping, do you know the correct way to mop? Yes, you have to. Um, a lot of people. For what I start is on the edges, and then I come. I start on the edges, go all the way around, and then sweep back 
mm. and forth to where I originally started. That no, way we don't backtrack. That <laughs> no, way we don't backtrack. No, the thing is, you have to mop forward. So there's some pressure on it because mopping back and forth, all you're doing is spreading some shit. <laughs> Damn, that's what they told me to do. <laughs> Dawa. So, <laughs> so I'm like, um, I. They're like, we want to fly you to New York. Um, so Amanda flies me to New York. And I'm like, what the fuck? This First place time? is real, yeah. yeah. I'm like 21. I go to 145th in Lenox. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck, dog? This is 145th in Lenox. Did you see Uncasa? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Uncasa. But I'm like, what the fuck? And I go to Marcy. I'm like, dog, this is Marcy. Those oh, are you were going all over? Yeah, you just, yeah man. Yeah. And then, um, um, but that was like later on. That was... Yeah, so I the first place I went to was obviously the office, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm just like, wow, these buildings are crazy. And I go to Atlantic, and I remember they put us in a hotel, and we went outside and like got food at 3 a.m. It was just like a cool thing, and we had a meeting with Daryl Jones, I believe, which was big for me because he was the one who signed Lupe, and so. We have this meeting and Daryl Jones is like really dope, super cool. He's asking me questions. He asks me to freestyle and then he asks me who's my favorite rapper. So I tell him, you know, son, Lupe. And then he just starts telling his Lupe stories. He tells me the story behind lasers and, you know, the cool and how he came to his apartment in Chicago and was like, yo, I want to give you like first and 15 and I want to create your vision. So I play him some records. He goes to a man. He goes to a man. And he's like, "Yo, so you guys get three or four original dope records. Bring them back to me. Let me take them over to my peoples and let's get this done. I feel like he can be like, you know, one of the last ones to get a really good deal before this shit starts hitting the fan." I didn't know what that meant, but he was just like, "Yo, this shit's about to change. I think he could be one of the last ones." I'm like, "All right, cool." I go back home. They send me three records. I cut them mix them master them you know what i mean um send them back to her they love it nothing happens and i was like all right cool were you yeah i mean i I was just like well you know i get it like it's like well this is you know like i i understand like oh i would have been devastated well well at this point you know i i saw a way to for people to hear me so i didn't really care about like a de- at that point a deal i mean i i would have loved one but yeah. I, I was like well people hear me and that meant that still meant a lot to me um and it still does today but that was that was at that time that was still enough for me um and then like i went back and i did this one tape um that was anr'd by her and and um this other this collective with Tan um my boy Tan Nugent and Nick oh, yeah. Bellardello. So I'm like, oh night. yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And we do this record called Fear Not Failure. It's like a dubstep thing. That was around a time where like dubstep was kind of started making this transition in and they were like, yo, man, if you do this, you know, and plus Lupe is doing this, so you can kind of come in on this wave. And I was like, Yeah, dope. It didn't really go that well. Mm. And I was also going through a tough time at home. I was living with my father around the time and we kind of had this like really terrible divide and i ended up going back to my mom's crib and well you got evicted yeah i did get evicted yeah so i had my own spot he got out of jail and i let him live at my spot and then it became too close like just in terms of like 
we were like sleeping in the same bed so he was like all right man the race car literally yeah, yeah the yeah, race car yeah, bed yeah, was, yeah. you know <laughs> feet to the head you know yeah, yeah. so like he um he's like well i'm getting this spot you know it's a two-bedroom house it's in a nice area and i'm like all right cool man we can figure it out you know what i'm saying my pops is also a drug addict so i was always kind of like i don't know but at the same time i love my dad so i'm like well you know let's just figure it out and then that lasted like six months and he was like oh yeah by the way we're getting evicted i'm like what the fuck my god so i leave him my car at the time which was a 1993 toyota um with no windows so he could like find a spot sorry what it was a 1993 toyota with no windows no windows yeah what does that mean it had no windows the glass was gone it was broken yeah not there not there no windows what happens when it rains it gets wet but it was so busted that it didn't matter. It was just like, all right, whatever. Like, you just drive it. It got me from point A to point B. It was all I could afford. You just, like, leave the keys in there because it's like, fuck it? I mean, basically, yeah. you know, who yeah. really wants this piece of shit? No hubcaps. You know what I mean? But it worked. It was dope. It was ill. Like, I wasn't, like, mad at Did you have it. A, no, it was like a Fred Flintstone car. Yeah, you, basically. Yeah. Did, you, <laughs> did you have a stereo in there? Um, Yes, I had to. I put one in there. Do you turn gonna... the music all the way up because, like, when the wind goes by on the highway, it's just like. But uh... also, you have to then take the stereo with you when you yeah, leave, right? It's portable, so yeah. I would take it with me. Yep. And you know, I would, then I would put it back in, make sure you know it's not wet or anything, or I clean it out. Um, yeah, man. And so I gave him that, and I went back home, and I was just like, "All right, what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm 22." You know, this blog shit is getting old. Like, I can't just keep, you know, at this time, this was like my Pachillionth mixtape, you know? So I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do at this time? You're still Quest. I'm still Quest. Um, and then... Capital Q, capital E-S. Capital E-S, lowercase t. Yeah. And around this time, I started building this relationship with a rapper named Logic. Which, okay, so the Logic thing happens through six... No. So I didn't know six at the time. It happened through my intermediate manager at the time named Rhymestyle. Okay. Uh, or Dino, but Dino Rhymestyle. Um, he had like a podcast and, you know, he used to like, you know, interview up and coming talent and he interviewed me and we stayed in contact and we would just do shit together. So he was like, yo, man, this is like 2011, 2012. He was like, yo, you got to like check out this kid named Logic. You know, he's making a lot of waves. He's getting a lot of views. He's doing his thing. This is like 2000. Yeah, it's around 2011. So I'm like, all right, cool. I check him out. I'm like, yeah, he's cool. He's dope. And that was that. And then Logic reaches out to me. He's like, yo, you're super dope, man. Like, you know, do you record your own shit? I record my own shit. I'm like, do you do this? I do this. And I'm like, yeah, man, you know, th- this is you know it's do you rubik's cube i rubik's cube I yeah. Rubik's cube, bro you know like yeah. so i'm like yeah i do and he's like bro we're gonna be friends i'm like yeah i think i guess we're gonna yeah i'm just like yo everybody does this right like it's the <laughs> it's the game so right. um i meet i don't meet him we just stay in contact and i start seeing like he has like a lot of real fans on social media right and i had never seen anything like that for me it was like blogs and like you know respect and like you know this nmc thing and just like you know being you know so but he was the first guy where i was like wow these guys are just they just like your music and you got a lot of views and this is crazy so i was back home i um i think i got the opportunity to do five dates with him in 2012 on his visionary music group tour with taya bali and where 
in San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Um, That's dope. Yeah. That's not like, you know, just like, oh, yeah, Orlando, Tampa, mm, you know, Key West. Not not at all. They were just like. (laughs) They flew you out. They they flew me out. Well, no, I think my manager flew me out. Okay, yeah, well. Yeah, my manager flew me out. And then um, what happened was, like, I got out there. I only I had no job and I had like $175 on my EBT card and I was like all right cool if I can just like stretch my meals and sleep on the floor I'll be fine and it was like the best experience I had in my life because I was getting in front of crowds that just cared about the music like I was in LA performing and I'm like how big are these venues it's like five six hundred caps um like two two to three hundred or five to six hundred so he did the roxy and i like opened for him at the roxy did you have a dj with you no so six was djing for him and he was also djing for me that's dope and i was just like doing my little tapes and the people i was working with at the time like uh like amanda nick and ton they like pressed up like 200 cds for me and a couple shirts and you know, I was just like, man, this is crazy. These, I would get off stage and people would want like my autograph and want to take pictures. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is real. Yeah, like, real life. This is crazy. And I asked if I could do the entire thing. I couldn't do the entire thing. It was okay. They sent me back home. I had like new social media followers, so I was just like, okay, you know, I'm maybe I should just kind of keep going and keep picking it up. So at this point, I'm at home. I'm working from home. For this telemarketing company called Arise with like AT&T and shit and I get a call from um, my manager and he's like yo Logic's manager is gonna call you in like you know 30 minutes um, I'm like alright cool at this point I'm in I'm in Orlando with my ex at the time we we're gonna go to Disney World um, he calls me he's like hey man you know how you doing Chris Aru and he's just like giving me like the whole setup and it turns into and this was why i want you to be a part of visionary music group and i was just like let's do it like i don't have any other opportunities i don't see any other way and i think you guys are super dope and i had a great time with you guys i respect you guys a lot so let's just do it like you made this decision at the magic kingdom literally yeah Literally, like yeah. legitimately, it was like a dream come true. Well, how was it going to Disney after that? Yo, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like insane. you were just like, oh my god, I'm a signed rapper. Right. Like legit. Cotton candy for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Elephant ears for the yeah, entire crowd. Go. So um, they're actually Mickey Mouse ears. Oh yeah, you're right. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> they are. It's insane. So, so I signed with them, and um, we and. I and what does that mean for you? Does that mean like money up front? Does that mean like nah, they were just they're like, gonna support your projects? Yeah, they were just like, yo, you're gonna be a part of our clique. I wanna put you on this tour with um with um Logic called the Welcome to Forever tour. This is right around the time where he dropped that mixtape, Welcome to Forever, that basically kind of, you know, propelled him and he just announced Def Jam and so it was like surreal. So I was opening for him, this other kid named Castro, and then this other kid named Skizzy Mars. Um, oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so i was on tour i got a box of shirts that had this thing that i was promoting called nito it was just whatever and so um that was my merch and then um i don't remember where i flew to but it was 32 cities and i was like all right boom let's let's get this and so i got i got to start off the show every night and it was beautiful because it was like everybody was fresh and i got to set the energy and tone 
and I would sell t-shirts after and I would meet fans because that's what Logic would do. Logic would do like a lot of meet and greets and that whole experience was really um, dope for me because I got to learn. I got to learn about um, how things rolled, how tour managing went, um, meeting fans, selling merchandise. And Logic also was just like going through the like, yo, I'm on like I'm signed. I'm a signed artist. Everybody wants to meet me. Oh, no ID needs to get in. I'm like, what the fuck? No ID, dog? <laughs> you know, yeah. like trying to contain that, like meeting music execs that are like around that are like, oh, yeah, man. Yo, congrats for, you know, you know, doing your thing. And, you know, you'll be here. You know what I'm saying? And so that was just a really great time. And I made some I actually made no money off of that. But I made well, I mean, maybe like like five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah. Um, Best experience of my one of my best experiences of my life. Right. And thirty two cities. Thirty two cities. And that was that was great for me because that's how I started learning how to really gain fans manually. Yeah. Because it wasn't like I felt like I felt like that experience made me work for people to care about me. Because you had to get on stage and present yourself and rap your raps and win people over every night. And it was like great training. You know, and I learned stage presence and you know crowd interaction and you know feeling out the crowd like so but that but that thing that you learned from logic too of meeting people and that real life experience is something that like completes that sale they're like oh i like this person i'm going to invest in this person exactly and it was just a great experience i went back to i went back home and i started working on this project called searching sylvan in 2014 you're still quest still quest yeah but you're searching sylvan but yeah. i'm searching for sylvan and mm-hmm. i got to that point because i was like oh wow okay there's an audience they're saying visionary was like yo we're gonna put you on another tour um the while you wait tour and before we do that i mean and then after that we're gonna drop your you know debut project with visionary music group and we're gonna do this whole hot new hip-hop thing because hot new hip-hop was super popping at the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you get your soundcloud going and so I was like, all right, cool. So I just, I was like, all right, you know what? This could be like my breakout mixtape or whatever. So let me just tell my story. And let me just tell like how, like I went from being at my mom's crib and not knowing what the fuck I was going to do to all of a sudden being like a part of this label and touring the country, you know, like and how that happened. And I think also like Good Kid Mad City was popping around that time. So I was very influenced by that and a few other projects. And so I, created it and i worked with six the producer mm-hmm. on a bunch of records my boy will notes on a few records and then um a couple other um scattered producers and jermaine dupree was back in the and picture jermaine <laughs> dupree came back and was like yeah what's going on man but um no because he did eric he did the intro to uh to his song he no well, did he, yeah he sure enough did struggle rapper struggle rapper well funny enough i just chopped a clip of the video of him announcing that i won um, that whole thing and just put it in there because it never happened. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, I'm going to like let out my whole frustration on this struggle rapper thing and, you know, just let people know like the struggles that it's took in to get to this place. Yeah. So um, we put this tape together. Um, they do the whole promotion and it makes a pretty cool splash. Like it's the first tape where people really connect and resonate with me and they're like, yo, this project means a lot to me. And I realized I started to realize what my voice was, but I didn't really. I just was kind of like, yeah, it was supposed to feel this way because I wanted you guys to know like what was going on. But I didn't realize realize my responsibility. And I do the while you wait tour, 
and that's like 33 or 35 cities you know socials are going up um and it's like yo all right you got your date you got your project this is the project that's kind of defining so like all you need is one more and you know i was starting to get like a lot of buzz and having conversations about double excel freshmen mm-hmm. and like it was just like yo man this is it this is like your time and this is 2014 too i feel like this was like one of the last years where um you know that that sector of like new wave rap from mm-hmm. like 2007 or 2008 2009 was like gonna thrive that was like that last year not saying that it's not going to again but that was the last year of that section right that era so everything seemed like it was just like yo this is it this is what's gonna happen you know and that's what was set for but i left i definitely left the situation entirely why there were a number of things that were going on um i think what it came down to though was besides like the personal stuff like between really me and management Mm -hmm. um it wasn't feeling right anymore it was like oh this quest thing doesn't feel good anymore logic just dropped under pressure um they had signed this kid named john bellion and he had just dropped his third tape and signed a capital i'm like these guys don't have enough bandwidth to really do what i need them to do because you know like it's gonna take a little bit more work with me and um for me it just wasn't feeling right it was like quest doesn't feel right this whole rap thing doesn't feel right like i was becoming more of an artist and i started thinking about my trajectory i was like well man like when it's because i was already getting it i was already getting the attributes to like logic and like well you know he's only this because of logic and he's only this because of visionary and i was like well is that my narrative you know what i mean is that my narrative is my success because of someone else and i started thinking about my heroes and then i was like man i gotta dip i gotta like i have to dip how'd you let him know I talked to Text. Logic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to Logic first. Um, I I pulled him to the side. It's funny enough because when Logic dropped under pressure, I was kind of already feeling a little bit of angst and I was feeling like disgruntled. And I was trying to talk to um, my manager at the time, Chris, about it. And it just felt like it wasn't really getting through. And Logic... I remember I had a performance and he was just like, yo, man, you know, like, if you want to leave, man, just leave. And I was like, all right, I guess I didn't really tell you that, but I don't really know what's going on. And he's like, you know, man, people been talking like, you know, like, you know, you, you know, you're starting to do this and do that. I'm just like, OK, so a week later, I sit down with Logic because out of respect, I'm like, yo, look, man, I think I'm going to depart and I'm going to, you know, depart because of these reasons and we talked for three hours and we were in his crib in LA and he was like yo man like I I respect it you still got my support like I think you know Chris is gonna be a little you know upset but like you know you got my support and I was like all right cool man as long as we're good because at the end of the day I'm not here if it's not for you you know and I want to respect you know I don't want to just pop up and you know so have a conversation with Chris it goes terrible it goes really terrible it goes really terrible um and i left it was bad it was pretty bad where'd you go um i was living in san diego at the time 
I kind of mobbed in LA for a little bit in 2015. I shot some videos with my boy um, Jay, who I, well, Jonathan Benevente, who I actually met on the While You Wait tour, who's now like the president of like our company, Wise Up. So like, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna shoot some videos from this album, and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna figure it out. You know what I mean? And like. I, w- I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew, like, I was going to figure it out. How hard is it to, to give up? Because I assume, like, you leave the Quest stuff behind, too. At this time, I was still Quest for a little bit. But um, I, I, like, I definitely left, like, uh, it was like, yo, this is it. Do you want to walk through this door? Or there's another road this way. Well, because you have T-shirts out there mm-hmm. with that name on it. Yep. And you have a million mixtapes and freestyles and people know you as quest you just did yeah. 32 cities and then 33 to 35 cities yeah and they're all like oh yeah quest yeah and now you're like well, maybe not yeah it was tough man it was like a very re- I, I like considered all of it it was like man like my soul was like yo this isn't right but like the overall like logical sense was like yo this is what this is it dog like this is what you've been working for like run through it and i'm like nah this isn't how it's supposed to be like it took a while but like i was i was so consumed with like being heard and getting that chance that i wasn't really factoring in you know how i wanted it and that's okay you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's fine like everybody has like certain things they get to certain levels and then they have realizations so i leave we have a bad falling out me and logic fall out um i thought we were i thought we had an understanding and then we just didn't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. You know, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. Um, so have you, you guys have not spoken since? No, we haven't talked. Mm. Um, I, I reached out recently, though. Uh, I haven't even told anybody. It's crazy enough. I reached out and I DM'd him and I was like, hey, man, just want to let you know that I'm proud of you. And God is still with God is with you always. And, you know, just keep spreading light. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just sold out my LA show and I felt a peace with that. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let me reach out and, you know, just mend that bridge. And whether you see it or not, like, it's good for me. Mm-hmm. So I leave. I'm like mobbing in LA. I got on chains. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of feeling myself a little bit. I still got a little clout. I got like this whole like vision. And then I start realizing very slowly that like, this is going to be fucking hard. You don't have any infrastructure? None. No infrastructure. I just got, like, a couple relationships and some people I met. No nothing. I'm just in L.A. I'm spending a lot of money, and I start working on my next project. Um, And at this time, I'm, I go to Orlando. I go back home. And I'm getting more into coffee, and I'm spending more time around coffee shops, and I'm learning more about myself and the things that I love. And... I go to this coffee shop in Orlando, Florida called Vesper, and I meet this kid named Bryce, who's a really good friend of mine. And one of the baristas there that I bought coffee from saw my real name and was like, oh, that's your real name? And I'm like, yeah. So he's like, are you sure you want to keep going by Quest? Because Sylvan's pretty dope. And I was just like, I guess I'll take it into account. And so I was with my boy, Lindsey J at the time. We we're going to go. Um, he was a producer and he was just like, I was just going over with him. I was like, yo, what do you think? He was like, bro, man, if it feels right to you, then just go by your real name. And it felt right. And so I told the narrative. I 
linked up with my boy Tan. I was like, he was working at Visco at the time. I was like, mm-hmm. hey man, I want to do this editorial piece, and I want to tell the story of um, my transition from my fans so that I can guide them through this process with me. And in my mind, I knew I was going to lose a lot of people, but it was like, yo man, like the people I do lose, like they weren't meant to be there from the start. Mm-hmm. So, and the people that ride with me, they're going to be my core. So. I do the whole Visco piece, yada, yada, yada. My name is Sylvan LeCue. My next project's called Far Familiar. It'll be my debut album under my new company, Wise Up & Co. And Wise Up becomes like this new thing for me. Another derivative from Nas, but it's kind of from TakeOver because it's like smarting up Nas. And mm-hmm. I was like smarting up, oh, that's cool, Wise Up. And Nito came from Nas too, right? It did. <laughs> it actually did. Funny no, it enough. didn't. It actually did. Funny <laughs> enough, Nito Nito came from Nas because Nas had Nas had Bravehearts, mm-hmm. and I think there was like a there was a freestyle from Jungle. Man, you go deep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was a freestyle from Jungle, and he like rhymed something with Nito, and I was like, and I remember having that in my mind for a minute, and I just thought of this like absurd acronym, which was like never ever allowing any seen. It was like ridiculous. It didn't even make any sense. Um, but it definitely came from Nas. A, a lot of my early stuff just all came from like loving Nas and everything that was around him and just emulating stuff. Let going like God's son. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> so you start over again. Yeah, I start and over again. You're Sylvan LeCue now. Yeah. Like you've always been, mm-hmm. but now you really realize it. Yeah, man. I started spending a lot more time in Oakland, California because I fell in love and got prematurely engaged. And yeah, it's a thing. Well, yeah. Um, What's the difference between Quest and Sylvan LeCue? Quest um, is the is is basically like the journey to Sylvan LeCue. It's like that. That's really what for me. Rap and music was validation. It was like, oh, I can be heard. I can my what I have to say is important because growing up, I felt like I didn't have an avenue to express myself and my thoughts were like valued. So rap was like, okay if I could put my thoughts together like this, then it could be value. What I have to say and what I have to express can be valued. And that created validation for me, you know, but I was always like, yo, you got to do more. You got to be more. You got to do this and do that. And that became an ego thing. It became this like, it, it went from being pure to like, it never gets satisfied and you never become satisfied with yourself. And so I felt like it was time to stop that and just really start finding the value within myself and the first thing i could do was just go by my real name and did you find that the music reflected that yeah i felt like i was i wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody anymore before i was it was just like yeah man i'm hot i'm nice you know what i mean like i'm the next one and then it just became more or less about okay this is what i'm going through searching sylvan kind of scratched the surface of that but my project after that or my debut um far from familiar was like it shed everything it, it i didn't want to be known as like it's like everything you thought before like oh he's just gonna be the next top rapper it's like nah my name's sylvan and this is what i'm into and i took two years to like figure that out and create music i had never created before now far from familiar is about to come out but it doesn't have that title yet yeah it is going to be called so help me god yeah which is the same name <laughs> as kanye west was going to name his album yeah this is like early 16 i remember we had the first single i remember we announced it and we were all kind of like yeah man so help me god like you know like this is it and then 
Kanye like put up some artwork <laughs> and it was like yeah so help me God it's coming and I was like oh this is just well wait was he promoting your album oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like so I was so taken back because it was like it was also confusing because then he changed it again to like something obscure and then he was like, ah, I think I'm going to go back to the first one. And I was just like, what? The <laughs> Why is this happening? What to me? is happening? Like, and then we we just kind of got to a point where it's like, all right, man, maybe we'll just go with a different title. And then Far From Familiar came. And it was way more fitting. You know, like, So Help Me God was more internal, more like more of that struggle. But Far From Familiar was more like the overall encompass. Like, hey, this, this isn't anything that I'm used to. You know, I'm trying to figure this out. It was like way more. It was just way more accurate. Familiar. Yeah, we we ended up settling with Far Familiar. Well, not settling. We it was right. still a great title. Yeah. yeah, we put it out. Me and Jay and a few other people, and we it, this was around the time where things were going from SoundCloud to like streaming. So I had to like relearn the game as well, which was like really hard and really like devastating at one point because you put all this investment into one avenue, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, game change, Spotify. Yeah. I'm like, what? playlists yeah uh, what like um excuse me so i had to relearn the game new relationships new relationships and even then i I really didn't have any like that could like i I had i had some relationships but i didn't have like it wasn't like i could just knock on like these doors it was just like all right well just figure it out so we put out far from familiar hired uh audible treats for the like press Mm -hmm. and you know it just became about it was really more or less for my fans in terms of like, hey, this is where I'm going now. And it was good. It did good. It did all right. But it didn't, it wasn't what Searching Sylvan did. And that was hard. Mm-hmm. It was very hard. And rightfully so, right? You you deviate from one lane and you do a whole nother. It's not going to translate like in the same way. Like you're going to have to rebuild and restructure. Um, especially if you don't have like a label to like put this whole thing behind it and make it, you know, bigger than, you know, what you could. So it was a, it was a tough time. We put that out. I was broke as hell in LA staying with a friend who, (laughs) who like did tell his roommates I was staying there and like, (laughs) yo, I was like. I, I was like, yo, man, is it cool like that I stay in L.A., man, while I like try to figure out this far familiar stuff? He's like, yeah, yeah, you're cool, man. Like, just make sure. And he's like, I'm like, yo, your roommates know? He's like, yeah, yeah, you could, man. Don't worry about it. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> like cooking dinner and, and like in their house and like on the couch watching TV. And everybody's cool. And then like one of the roommates has a breakdown about it. He's like, I don't know who you are. And I'm like, oh. I'm like uh. I'm like, what? Like, did he tell you? Like, no, he didn't tell us anything. You know, I'm just like. Oh man! How long were you there for? Like a month. Yo, they <laughs> they should get free tickets to your LA literally, show. man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where those guys are anymore though. I tried to reach out to one of them, but I don't know. Wow. Yeah, but you know, I left, and I was broke, and I was staying on Jonathan's floor in Irvine, California. Jonathan was renting a couch, so I literally went to Irvine, and he was like, "Yo, man, I got you for like a week." But I literally can't do anything after that. Like, you would have to start paying rent. And so I was just like, all right, man. Well, me and my ex at the time were really going through problems. She lived in Oakland. I moved to California partly because of music and partly to be closer to her because we were doing long distance from Miami. Um, this is before you guys were engaged or after? Um, Before. Got it. And so 
it was just like, all right, well, you know, what do you want to do? So, in the midst of a lot of bleakness, streaming kicks in. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess I got a few dollars. I can make a few things happen. And um, I take a lot, some of the money that I made from that project and I put a down payment on um, a spot with her. Because I, I, at that point, I, I was so over LA. I was just like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's industry. I just need a break. I just need to figure out. I need to recalibrate. You know what I mean? Like, I've been on this grind for so long, and I'm exhausted. Like, I just need to figure out, like, I just need to reset. Right. Yeah. So I went to Oakland, got a place on East 17th by Lake Merritt with um with my ex. And I got a part-time um, job at Blue Bottle Coffee. And I started learning how to become a barista because I loved coffee and I was spending so much money on it. And I was like, well, I might as well learn how to make this shit. You only get one cup. <laughs> you have to drink it in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. It, at maximum. It was yeah. so dope, though, man. It was like this new thing I was learning and it was a community of like artists and everybody just you know do you do like the artisanal coffee like yeah. you can like make like leaves or yeah i can make a rosetta i can make a heart i can make um doves i can do the whole you thing. take requests yeah sometimes <laughs> i do i'm like hey do you want this this or that you know i know my milk textures like you do know you... almond steaming like Wait, how good? long did you work at the thing at the place um a year and a half oh, okay so that's like long enough that you can learn all that it wasn't like were you good uh, at getting people's names right um yeah okay oh you didn't like intentionally fuck them up nah man i worked i I got lucky man like power play (laughs) because they were it was it was such a new world dog i moved to like i moved to oakland and i started training to become a barista and then all of a sudden they're like hey we want you to work at the kiosk the first blue bottle ever and it's a garage on linden in san francisco so you could imagine like i'm like serving coffee and San Francisco, I'm from Miami, Florida, and yeah. I'm like making a commute from Oakland to San Francisco, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? In a good way. Yeah. It's like, how the fuck did I get here? So, like, this is the reset you needed. Yeah. Like, you have a high school degree, yeah. no college degree. Mm-hmm. You've been on a record label. Mm-hmm. Your latest well, project, Tag Records. Tag, Tag Records. Your latest record didn't do as well as you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. You left that old name behind. Yeah. And now you're behind a, a coffee station legitimately did anybody ever recognize you a couple people did they would come up like sylvan and i'm like yeah and oh, that's like, good yo what are you doing working here and i'm like i love coffee and i really did by uh, the way that's dope it's you're not saying like you're not saying I, I, you know i'm this is temporary i'm just like here for a minute i'm just getting money whatever. or this was, if somebody was like yo are you quest and you're like no no nobody nobody by that name works here <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, turn away. Just like, no, I. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, there's no quest here. I, he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's gone yeah. forever. It was cool. It was like a reminder. Like, oh man, people still care about the music. Mm-hmm. And um, did you? I did. I did. I just didn't know what I was gonna do next, and I just needed to do something in the meantime and feel inspired again and refresh and just and feel like i wanted to do it at the time i didn't want to but i knew i was going to still do it because i love music right you know the love of music always kept me going i was working at blue bottle and i would work like three three times a week three to four times a week and i started you know just serving up coffee and learning about it and and it was really cool it was humbling it was just like 
super like natural and i would meet people and i would serve them up and just be like hey man what do you want like you know double macchiato blah blah you know and it was a garage so you could just literally lift it up and just you know and you had a community of just you know san franciscoans who had been getting coffee there for like 10 years and had these amazing beautiful stories and just been all over the world so it was just so inspiring Hmm. um and it wasn't like new san francisco like all like white techie dorks with like a ton of money that like it is it's it it definitely was but like you know that i guess that shop had been around for so long that like there are so many other people who were just like yeah we only come here Mm -hmm. and that was dope and then i started working at the blue blue bottle in berkeley and a few others did you meet lil b I didn't, mm. unfortunately. Mm. Man. It's not too late. It was. It was. Kind of, I felt really bad working in um, Berkeley. It was a great shop. It still is. It's amazing. It's probably like the best shop I've ever worked at. But like you know, it was just like this pristine glass mm. thing in the middle of like, you know, it was like, damn, this is. <laughs> it's like this is really new. You know what I mean? The new shiny toy in like you know the, like the neighborhood. Right. But like it would. That whole experience was dope, and I would just. That's this around the time where I started like producing and just trying to figure out what I wanted and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And what did that culminate in? So I was getting beats from people, hated them, went through a little bit of a depression, and I was just like, man, like, is this what music has kind of come down to? I was watching newer people like just start blasting yeah. by me, and you know, here I am, like this kid that's been doing it forever. That just has to. I was like consistently just relearning, trying to keep up, quote unquote. So my ex was just like, yo, you should just produce. You've been recording and engineering yourself forever. Like, you know this shit. You know what you want. Like, so I'm like, all right, cool. So I get an MPK mini, download some sound kits, start fucking around, make a couple records. And that culminates to best me. And how'd you know that that worked? I didn't. It wasn't even supposed to be a song. I had this whole... So, my my ex at the time was also, like, dabbling into the industry as well and getting her start. And so... As an artist? Um, No, as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, And she was managing a couple other artists at the time. And she was like, hey, you should do this thing with Master and Dynamic. So, we would, like, play tag team. Like, hey, I think you should do this. Or, hey, I think you should do this. Master and Dynamic's the headphone company. The headphones. Yeah. Was, she was like... Shouts to them. Shouts to them. They're super yeah. dope. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, They were like, hey... I, she was like, hey, I think you should do this, create a record, you know, just to give yourself some, like, you know, life. Maybe if, you know, the song, if you're not confident in the music, at least, like, the partnership will give us some validation until you can figure out what you want to do. Amazingly smart woman. So I was like, all right, cool. So we did a whole nother song, and it was called, I don't know. I don't even know what it was called. But I did it. I completed it. And the guy I that produced it didn't clear the record. She's like, yo, man, you can't use this. Somebody else is using it. And I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I'm not, I can't do this. And so I, I was just fucking around and I had these drums and I was, I woke up the next morning and um, shouts to Mick Jenkins. Um, mm, yeah, at Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, shouts to Mick Jenkins because Spread Love came out. Um, that song, Spread Love. And something about that song was like motivating for me and i don't know what it was i don't know if it was the hook or like but it felt natural to me and i was just like all right man i'm I'm just get back in and so i created these drums and 
I found this sample on accident and because it was another sample over the drums and I didn't like the sample anymore and so I just found this one sample and I was like, hey, cool, whatever. So I have the beat on loop, like the beat as you hear it on loop and I'm just asking them, I'm like, yo, what do you think of this beat? And they're like, yo, it's cool. Whatever. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool, well. And so I just start putting the song together and I wrote the f- I wrote the first verse and it was supposed to be last, but then I put it first, and then I did the hook, and I did the second verse and the last, and I was just like, okay, this is a song. This could work. So let's just put it out, and I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. And? And, like, it caught a wave. It was just like, I didn't get it. It was, like, very, like, what? Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is just another song. For me, for me, it was like it was another song, like, literally just another record. And I put it out through Master Dynamic and SoundCloud. We got it up on um, the streaming platforms, and it just started catching a wave. And it was, I was just like, what's going on? So you're saying that sometimes all the planning that you put in just won't work, and sometimes you just put it up and it goes. It just goes. Sometimes it really does happen like that. It's just like the, the stories are real. Like the, the biggest songs sometimes are just records. I'm just like, yeah, we just put it up. Like I thought it was going to be like, I literally thought, okay, this is enough to where, like, I could, if somebody gave me feedback, I could be okay with it. So, what did it mean to your career? It was a refresh. It was like a complete refresh. It, and it was also a, it was like, okay, you know what? You might have something here. So, I started paying attention to what people were saying about the record. And I also produced it. So, I was just like, <sighs> and I think I did, I dropped a couple more records. I did a record with Xavier Omar called The Truman Show that did pretty well. And then um, this other record called Televised that did pretty decent. and But Best Me was just taking a life of its own. And around this time, this was like six months after Far From Familiar. And I was just thinking, and I was like, I got to do something. I got to do something that like, that just like reshifts this narrative. You know what I mean? Because like, I could feel what the narrative was going to become. And I was like, nah, we got we to gotta shift this shit. Because all you got in this is your narrative and your story that you tell. Yeah. And you got to tell it before somebody else tells it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, let me go on tour. And let me just book my own tour. And I'd been around enough people and known the right people to contact to get in, in touch with the right venues to make it happen. So we put eight cities together. I put eight cities together, actually. It was Fort Lauderdale slash Miami, um, Orlando, Houston, Chicago, Oakland, San, um, yeah, Oakland, Los Angeles, and um, I think there was one more that I can't remember. And so, what I did was I called it the Loner Tour. I put on this like whole get up, like as if I was like a traveler. Um, got this green jacket um, and had fans sign my jacket. And I booked my, I booked a bunch of one ways, and I outsourced uh, all all that I needed in each city. So if I needed a DJ, or if I needed somebody to run merch, or if I needed somebody to do this or do that, I all would local. just, I would yeah. just be like, "Yo, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this?" And be like, "All right, cool." And a lot of people just did it off the love. And I ordered merch, and I put it in a big suitcase, and I just wore because I was wearing the same thing over and over. So I would just be like, "Yo, I'm here, I'm here to set up my merch, do my songs. I would come on Jump Drive and." We had about, give or take, about 90 to 100 kids come out to each show. Crazy. And that was, like, motivating to me because I got to see that, you know, there were people who still cared. Mm-hmm. And they loved, like, what I was doing and cared about the narrative, you know. And that was enough for me. It was like, all right, people do still care about what and I And that's not, like, love, like, pressing play on Spotify love. This is buying a ticket and 
taking the time to go see you love exactly so it was just like this it was just really beautiful man to see that like these kids were like coming out and how much like what i was saying meant to them and so after the loner tour you know we documented it i framed the jacket because all of everybody that i met signed it so it was like yo like thank you guys like this is what this culminated into like you know this was solely off the strength of you guys and just a vision and thank you and so 2017 rolls around we put out the best me video i remember me and jonathan had like a crazy conversation and we were just like at this time we were like doing videos like for the last album and we were going all out like yo let's pull out the stops let's just get a crazy treatment and then it would like you know result to like twenty thousand, right and we'd be like and so i was like yo we gotta dumb this shit down man and i think i owe a testament to jaden smith because i saw the fallen video and i was like why do i like this video so much and he's just dancing and it's just a really great song and i'm like holy shit I've been doing this the wrong way. <laughs> so I hit up Jonathan. I'm like, Jonathan, fuck treatments, dog. Just get your camera and let's just shoot some really cool shit. And let's just start putting out records with the video and just make sure it looks really great. So Best Me was the first like testament of that. So we put out the Best Me video. We shot it in 45 minutes. We went to Big Sur in California. And I rode on the back of a truck. And I just wrapped the whole song in one take. And he edited it in one day. <laughs> and we put the video out and it was doing pretty good it would be, i think we did like 20k in like a month so i'm like all right cool at this time i'm building a relationship with saba saba just dropped um the bucket list project um i go on tour with him that's like a whole new revamp i'm like damn this is like you know uh redemption i get another chance to be in front of crowds and gain new fans um with a whole new artist and around this time best me just starts oddly picking up on the video side mm -hmm. and it like jumped 10,000 views in like a day and I was like oh that's pretty odd you know but I was, you know I'm not thinking much of it it's like 30,000 the next day 40,000 I'm like okay and then 50 and 60 like within a week and I'm like yo I think something's happening like with our video I, I thought like it was maybe rigged so I started hitting my boy <laughs> Rhymestyle I'm like yo man I think th all right, this video is like rigged man yeah and he's like nah and so we get to a hundred thousand in like a month and i'm like okay and then best me hits a million on spotify and i'm like all right and we finished the tour and we had just shot the grateful video and then so i'm like okay well we'll, we'll test it out and see like you know this is a fluke you know maybe it is a fluke so we try or maybe it. you're buying views and <laughs> 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 you know what i mean yeah like, fake acting like i don't know what's really going on you're like gee guys yeah <laughs> this is crazy anybody else seeing this yeah i'm saying man also at this time i'm like not i'm managing myself because like you know I you want that 15 percent, basically yeah, sure. yeah and i don't wanted to i wanted to know my shit i was like all right man like i've dealt with enough people to know that i should just probably know what i'm doing first and so I get off of the Saba bucket list tour and best me is doing great. We put out grateful and it's doing great and I'm producing all this stuff. And at this time I'm talking with Amir Abbasi mm. or blame the label. Yeah. He's been mentioned on this podcast a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. You know, ever so slightly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I start, I'm having more serious talks with him, met him in 2015, 
at South by Southwest. He doesn't remember that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 2016. It's okay. It was super brief. And you were Quest then, so why would he remember? Yeah, yeah. I was definitely yeah. Quest for yeah. real. And then 2016 came and Far From Familiar happened and I went to All Deaf Digital and he, I remember him reaching out to me and being like, man, I really like this album and that meant a lot to me. And we've never met before. And we've right, never yeah. met before. Totally new ever, guy. Yeah. Whatsoever. <laughs> right. And so I go to the office, I meet him. He's like, man, it's great. I love it. Like, just keep going. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so um, I don't know what really sparked. I think we had like this thing called live sessions at All Dev Digital. Mm-hmm. And I took a bus from Oakland to LA and then went back that same day because there's just a bunch of artists that were dope that I was like, all right, I need to be mentioned amongst these guys like Masego and Diet Jack and a few other guys. Um, Kembe X, who's a really good dude. So I go there. I see, um, I see Amir. I rap. I leave because I got to catch my bus and I didn't make my bus either. I had to like wait for the next one. Yeah. Um, and so I just start thinking, I'm like, yo man, I think I really want this guy to like manage me. And so I, we, I hit him up a few times. I'm like, Hey man, can I meet with you or can we like link up or whatnot? We finally get some time in like Oakland, um, or San Jose. I take a Uber out there. We have like a three hour long conversation it's really dope i don't really ask him to manage me but i think after tour or the saba tour is when like we really were like all right yo let's do this thing and i didn't really know the extent of like his influence i just knew he was a dope person and i knew he had like some connections but i was just like yo he's great you know what would have been a great help is if at the time he had recorded one of these podcasts and then you would know his full story <laughs> but it's so crazy because I mean, have we asked? If he listens to the podcast, he'll hear it now and know that the offer is on the table. <laughs> it's very much Shout on the table. Shout out to our guy in there. Absolutely. Please do it. Yeah. But um, I just hope he comes to New York sometime <laughs> <laughs> and sits on our couch while we're doing an interview with his artist. That's right. Anyway, so you guys yeah. link up. Yeah. So vibe and... He, he, we vibe and I just I hit him with a text you know what I mean like yo man will you manage me like I feel like I'm just like listen I don't really need much I just need you know some guidance and yeah. some doors opened you, you put know? your heart out there yeah you know yeah. I put me you know it's like yo man this is how I feel and he was like <laughs> I got you let's make this happen and so me and Jonathan at this point are like building wise up and we're like you know shooting more videos we shoot you know guilt trip which just starts catching a wave too and all of a sudden it's like we we just feel like there's a momentum happening now and there's like new energy and then we drop selfish i moved to la full time um and at that time it was like all right man like what do you want to do with this energy it's building up you're getting a lot of views like you're hitting you know new milestones on like spotify so it's like what do you want to do and that's when we started putting together apologies and events and that became the project that like really like has kind of brought me to like this point so we had this whole concept we wanted to do like a 12-step program shouts to my man nick billardello who like basically we asked if he could give us like some like concepts or whatnot because my boy gary biddy um who executive produced and and are the entire album was like yo the album's called apologies in advance why would it not be apologies in advance it's the first thing you say on best me so i'm like all right cool well we hit up nick and i'm like yo man can you sit with like the singles and just tell me what you think he's like all right cool and then 
he hits us back and he's like yo so i was jogging and holy shit it's a fucking therapy session figure it out do whatever you got to do and i'm like all right so i hit up jonathan i'm like yo i think this is gonna be a therapy session and he was like yo every song could be a could be like an emotion that you confront and i'm like yo what if we get like we weren't high i promise (laughs) he's like yo what if we get like a bunch of like you know guys that's just like us and just have a conversation it just became like this it just became a constant like yo 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 <laughs> and you guys just <laughs> drinking a lot of coffee like, yeah, yeah yeah just drunk a lot of coffee and just went in and you know at, we we put together a therapy session we had my boy bryce narrate it and he asked all the questions and i i put that on the album and i just produced the entire thing um except for a couple records and we did, you know, a month, a two month rollout. We dropped the trailer, which each, per- each person every Wednesday, um, explaining their emotions and what they're going through for like a minute. And then mine was the last. We did a short film for it. Uh, we dropped the last single, five five five, and then shouts to Jay Z, shouts to Jigga, and then we dropped the album January twelfth, and that became the biggest project of my career. Yeah, so here we are in 2018. You got uh, a big show in LA, got a big show in New York. Yeah. There's a lot of momentum behind you, and you figured yourself out. Yeah. So, what's up next? I think. I think it's now, it's, now's the time that you bring Quest back. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough. <laughs> So I'm abandoning everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to start over again. I get it. I you get know it. what I mean? Yeah. It's just going to be a reoccurring thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's consistency and and just con- continuing to control the narrative, you know, um, but also letting the narrative um, play itself, you know. So we did L.A. We sold it out. It was our first sold out show. We went from doing The Mint with like 94 people to like a sold out crowd in New York. I've been recording. I mean, I've been playing in New York forever. So to be able to sell out in New York was like a milestone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're starting to get like nods from people and a lot of people are looking and are, you know, it's just this new energy. And people are really believing in, like, our wise up, like, message and what we stand for. And honestly, just continuing to be authentic, touch the people, making it about the people first, and just being consistent, man. Like, yeah. as long, the, the more simpler we can keep it in terms of, like, what we're trying to do, the better. Like, we'll, you know, we'll let the accolades, like, happen as they happen. But the, the, the true essence of this is just touching the people, mm-hmm. inspiring and you know wising people up honestly and letting the sunshine boys know that's right what time it is you know what i mean (laughs) yo congratulations on on everything that's a unbelievable story and 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 congratulations on a long career like this is not you know that overnight success stuff this is like a long time in the making this is a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of experiencing so really like thanks thanks nah thank you man like it's I thought you were going to say Nas. <laughs> nah, nah, Nas. man. I think Nas, man. You know what I mean? I, I, I definitely going to have to thank him for a lot. But yeah, man, this is, you know, this is definitely like marathon for real. And, you know, it's I, I just hope that like for our career, like for him and for my career, and, you know, Jonathan and, you know, Blame and, you know, Mary, like everybody like that's involved in this process. We just hope that like people can like look at this and like 
feel comfort knowing that yeah and it's cool like yeah you're bumping your head it's not happening overnight like it's cool you know what i'm saying like no this is survival yeah, yeah. of the freshest <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much nah thank you guys man Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real. Jeff, people want to find out more about you and me. We are It's The Real. People want to find out more about this whole umbrella that we have where we do books and we do TV and we do music and we do podcasts and we do live shows. If people want to find out more about anything we have going on, where can they go? You can always go to wikipedia.com slash it's the real wow. and edit our Wikipedia entry because I can't do it. I got <laughs> banned. Yeah. You can also go to it's the Go look for any upcoming tour dates. We are going to be at the Roots Picnic on June 2nd. Yes, and more announcements coming soon. We are also on soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. We are also on iTunes. Search for a waste of time with It's The Real. The show is a waste of time. We are It's The Real. Yeah. You can always find us on streaming services for our music. Please. Search for Teddy Bear Fresh on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Pandora. Title. I didn't realize that Pandora has such a huge market share. People love listening to music on Pandora. Well, if you're a title member, go stream it on there, too. And if you love Spotify, add us to your playlist. Apple Music, go press play. We're also on YouTube. Yes. Dot com slash It's The Real. Go there. Hey, if you want to find us on social media. And a lot of people like social media these days, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, well, it's a burgeoning uh, <laughs> industry. That's right. Go search for at It's The Real on Twitter, at It's The Real on Instagram, at It's The Real on Facebook. But we're wait. also on Twitch. Here's the, here's the, here's the switch up. Yep. It's it's the real on Twitch. <laughs> and it's the real it's the real on Reddit. It's so confusing. It's it's the real on Snapchat, but we haven't really used Snapchat. Who even knows anymore? I all I know and I tell people this in real life, we're not the real. No, we're not the women's talk show, The Real. Although, congratulations to them. I think they want a daytime Emmy. Oh, congratulations to all of us. And every every last are, one of them. If we are them and they are us, then we just won a daytime Emmy. We need to clear some room on the shelf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shouts to Adrian Bailon. We did um <laughs> we did karaoke with her once. Which, by the way, Emmy winning performance. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Jeff, you know this podcast is not going anywhere. Unless we spread the word to those loyal listeners out there who want to support us. So, we tell them to tell a friend because all we want to do is double up our audience. Let's make us more than underdogs, guys. Let's make us overdogs. So, Jeff, who do you want to tell? I want to tell a couple people from Baltimore, Maryland. All right. Actually, I want to tell a few people. Shout out to the whole DMV, by the way. Yeah, let's let's really stretch it out. Okay, I want to I want to shout out Black Dante, aka Katian Smooth, right. on uh, on Twitter. He's been a constant supporter there. I want to shout out Mini Hip Hop Museum on yes. Instagram. There you go. Who uh, they take excerpts from uh, the things that we say on here, and they put them up as fact. Crazy on uh, on their Instagram page. I also want to shout out YG Addy. Hey, there you go. Uh, I want to shout out Tate Cobang. Yep. I want to shout out. How about we shout out our guy Caduce, who is in Baltimore, to see his good friend Shauna Paul. Shauna Paul. Shout out to uh, Caduce and the whole family down there. Jordi we'll, and Rebecca. We'll see. We'll see. You hopefully soon. I want to shout out Jeff, someone who's more local, Mr. Break It Down, who uh, he bags it up. He bags it up. He's not only a big fan of ours; he's a big fan of Combat Jacks and. Uh, 
He had met him a couple times. He wants to intern with us. He wants to help us out in some form or fashion. And we'll see what we can do. Interns, if you want to do stuff for us, there is always that possibility. So reach out to us on social media. Reach out to us. Yeah, as long as you're better than our only intern that we've ever had. Dave, Dave, who was Dave was not good. You know, Dave didn't know anything about hip hop or the internet, and that those were certainly handicaps. We love Dave as a person. Dave, Great is, guy. Dave is a family friend. Great guy. But Dave was uh, a light. He was sixteen when he was, you met he him. Was, you know what? He was green. He was very green. His parents wouldn't let him on the subway. So we made it happen as as best we could. Yeah. We but held, we held Dave's hand and he stole our books. If you guys want to be hashtag better than Dave, yeah. hit us up and let us know if you are willing to intern for us. It's not glamorous. I got to be honest. Like the things that we need from people are on that level of like getting coffee, on the level of transcribing episodes. We need you to kill for us. We, <laughs> we need you to just make this engine run smoother. So if you have an engineering degree, just, you know, if you have an engineering degree, you are overqualified <laughs> for what we need you to do. Well, but you know what, Jeff? What's that? Engineer us some coffee. All right. <laughs> As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Brrrah.